True believers to another episode of the Not Funny Guys presents Off the Reels. This is episode 63 of the one and only electrically entertaining, genuine, bonafide, freshly certified Not Funny Guys podcast. The internet's number one orally pleasing podcast on non nude public libraries in the United States. Remember, if they aren't shouting Not Funny Guys in bed, then it's not us. We are the Not Funny Guys. I'm Casey. It's too darn hot, Franklin. I'm joined by <laughs> Dr. John. I want to see a fight, Evans. And Eric, are there peanuts in this? Line barger. Gentlemen, what? say hello. <laughs> hello. Uh, peanuts? <laughs> yeah. peanuts? Hey, and look, man, thanks to Elon's mom for calling off that fight. Man. <laughs> well, now there's no peanuts in that. <laughs> there were never any peanuts in that. No nuts at all. Oh, no. I'm just no trying nuts. to figure out why he had to have his mom say no to it. I mean, like, I don't think his mom really said no to it. I just, I'm starting to see more stories about it. And if it's true, <laughs> I really want it to be true because it's just funny. I, I, I don't see that. His, I don't think his mom was really involved in it. Can I, can I ask, by the way, real quick about the intro? No. Non nude public library recommendations. Are there nude public libraries or are there nude public library recommendations out there? Either way, I want to know. <laughs> if you know, you could write it and not funny guys that off the reels at gmail.com and uh and let Eric know. Yeah, let me know. Where's the nude where's the nude libraries? Next to the nude beach? I have to assume. A B you, can you, you keep it quiet? <laughs> you do the nude bike ride to the nude beach where there's the nude library. <laughs> I mean, I think at that point when you're nude library, like you're truly nudist. Like you're like, no, nah, I'm just living life nude. Like there's nothing happening here. Like this is not about volleyball. This is not about badminton. I'm sure there are a couple who um, who are. I'm sure. There. I'm sure. I'm sure there's some yeah. nude libraries, nude at home libraries, nude movie theaters. I don't know. I'm 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 curious to know how how. How deep we get into nude culture in this? Wait, in wait, this wait! If, if it's a nude... welcome to the number one podcast <laughs> on the internet for nude culture, nude libraries. Like, is there like a nude 4K theater? Yeah, right? sure that's what is. I'm wondering. Is there nude 4 DX? Like people just jostling around in their seats? You know, <laughs> I don't know if I want to do a nude 4DX. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one one wrong crazy with water. It's crazy yeah. with water. So, like, when it happens, you're like, is that water or is that something else? Like, you would be very confused in that case. All right, let's get back on track. <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were related to movies and that. I mean, arguably, this is half of Iron Man 2. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of Iron Man 2. So, um, Eric, did you lose again this week? Just yes or no? God, why would you do I'll that? I'll take that. I'll take that as a yes. We lost in a tiebreaker. Lost in a tiebreaker. Oh, it's a heartbreaker, dude. Always, always. Uh, John, did you yell at the TV about um, Elon Musk doing anything weird? No, no, not no. really. I did yell at the TV for David Zaslav being David Zaslav, but more oh, to come on that. that. What do you do this time? Or, or is that part of our Us Geekly? Do I need to wait for it? Um, well, I can go into it right now if you want. Oh, are we skipping Us Geekly? Let's do it. <laughs> and now for Us Geekly. All right. So let's see. Um, let's do let's do the Zaz. Let's do the Zaz. Um, Zazloff has had an interesting week. It's mostly going to be all of the new <laughs> Zazloff. Um, so on what day was this? Let me just double check the date. Um, if this opens up on the twenty first, what was that? Tuesday. Feels like Tuesday. 
On mm-hmm. Tuesday, um, Zaslav gutted TCM. Jeez. Like, Turner Classic Movies? Yes. Jesus. And Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese, and P.T. Anderson called him up to have a conversation with him. I'm in Minuten, bitte, Zaslav. And gave them assurances that um, TCM's going to be just fine. You don't mm-hmm. need to worry about it. Don't yeah, need to worry sure. about it. He's gutting um, it for parts, like we said a long time ago. I think that's exactly what he's doing. He has put someone new in charge of it, and I don't know who it is in this as, article. It's not listing the name. As a son of a former VP VP within TCM and a former Atlanta native myself with all of the, the Turner networks and such around there, mm-hmm. it's really sad to see what's happening to, to kind of the Turner legacy, if you will, not just in terms of their networks, but even their, their presence in Atlanta. It just feels like they're disappearing. Turner, that is, you know, yeah. CNN's all in New York now. It used to be Atlanta based. Yeah. Most of the Turner networks in general are probably just offices yeah. at this point with everything being moved up to New York. And it that was the whole point of Turner in the first place was to be outside of the, the typical seats of power and provide a different perspective and different, you know, network and opportunity. When are yeah. we all going to realize that David Zaslav is one of those people who just failed upwards in life? He has failed upward. He has. Have we I not all realized don't actually that yet? know that much about him other than I think he's an annoying <laughs> douche. Person. He's just gutting things. Like he is. He doesn't know what to do with so, it, so he just guts it. He's like he's a rip and tear, tear it up, throw it out, sell it. For kind of like, dude, kind of take a step back. Just just take a step back and don't be a part of every aspect of your business. Let other people who know what they're doing. Well, manage he, that. Hey, you know what happens? He appoints Chris Licht and he blows it up. Mm. So something uh, else I saw this week. <laughs> Is that um and I'm Chris Licht, by the way, I want to be a slight defender of Chris Chris Licht. I know it's gonna be hard, but as a slight defender of Chris Licht, he was part of the rise of uh, Stephen Colbert in his new spot on the late show. That's that's fine. Like he was Stephen Colbert's producer and really did a good job of of giving him kind of the the area to to be Stephen Colbert and and make him what he is today. He because you're good at one thing does not immediately guarantee you're good at something else. That's true. I'll give you that. That's I'm not I'm not saying he was good at CNN. I'm just saying they all make that they all make that mistake. These rich people from Elon Musk all the way around, they all have this ego sized consideration of themselves where they think, oh. I know how to do this, so I could be good at everything. Well, no one gets to that level without a lot of ambition, right? Well, <laughs> so at some it. point. Some of it's like, you know, built-in wealth. Yes, you get lucky. You do some shark-like behavior and things like that. But yeah. I oh, think yeah, Chris by the way, I'm gonna give doesn't fall in that category. Finger. I think he was pulled out of his realm. Big middle finger to what Casey's put in front of us right now. Yeah, so really? Warner Brothers is um they've signed really? a deal um to do AI for lighter their um their um script reviews essentially is what it kind of seems like. Basically, it's like hey, the computer will st- will they'll, it'll run its algorithm, its formula, and it will decide what scripts and movie ideas potentially will make the most money. X actor, you know, an X region equals x amount of money and if it doesn't hit a certain threshold then we just won't jesus. do the movie jesus um, see so. this goes to what that gq article i sent you guys earlier was about the idea that we're just over consumerizing your know, movies at this point because that's what, what this truly is i see you we see it we get it to this <laughs> because this so. is the worst application of this tool yes it, it is a, it but is one a, of the most predictable 
I mean, oh, that's yeah, basically exactly. what computers were when they first came out, right? I mean, we've and already cool. we've always known that there they do have like some stupid ass algorithm that they they would it was a formula they would do like on paper to be like, oh, Nicolas Cage is hot right now, so therefore we put him in everything, and vampires are hot, so this plus this plus this equals X amount of money. Green light. Um, but yeah, it's not yeah. about having a quality film; it's about just shooting crap. Yeah. So also Zaslav, um, on the twenty second. Um, Warner Brothers is negotiating a deal to sell $500 million worth of film and TV music publishing assets. So if you, want, if you want to buy the soundtrack to Evita, get in line, you might be able to. This oh, is the movie God. version of Evita or the movie version of Purple Rain. Movie Rent. Do you want the soundtrack to that, Eric? You Wait, might be able to buy it. Are they selling the music or the films the, or both? The like the film IP. music. They're okay. keeping the movies, it looks like right now. But <laughs> this just tells me that that's going to probably. So I just want to say, parts here, guys. If, if they are selling the Batman theme song? music, right, yeah. themes and stuff, that means that future Batmans will have to either pay to use it or not use it at all, which will completely destroy any sort of nostalgia, at least, you yeah. know, of future Batmans when they bring on whoever this or whatever. This screams, I mean, we want quick money. We're done. Yeah. Cash. Yeah. Come on, yeah. guys. Come on, Zaz. Come on. That's this is what Zaz. he was brought in to do. He wasn't brought in to revive anything. He's he's a gutter. This guy's here to gut the stuff. Who, well, who put him in this place? John. No, Discovery <laughs> Channel. John. Josh Gates. John. So so there's a question. Is yeah. Zaz a success in the eyes of the studios that he's running? No, because he barely got his contract renewed. But he got <laughs> renewed. Barely. What does that mean? How does barely happen? I mean, the board wasn't going to yeah, vote for him. They almost didn't. <laughs> and yet. It's shot a huge signal to say that, like, hey, you got to be careful. Because um, the same thing that happened to Bob, Bob Paycheck could happen to him. So. Hmm. Also going on to um, some fun excitingness with Zaz, although not Zaz himself related. This weekend... The entire version of movie of The Flash leaked on Twitter in like <laughs> oh. perfect quality and it stayed up the whole weekend. So you had a chance Jeez. to watch Flash for free. Jeez. Uh, is it up right now? Nope. It's already been taken down. Darn it. That doesn't do me any good. Yep. It racked up 1.7 million views. <laughs> also, Fandango was running a thing buy two tickets to The Flash, get one free. Oh my gosh. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Buy one ticket, get one free. It's even worse. Oh, that's worse. Yeah. Okay. So, Zasloff is having a great week. A great week. So let's also talk about some other stuff that this Zasloff is all is. like about mismanagement. So um yeah. Yeah. Well, it uh, sounds like Flash is having a great time too. Well, uh -huh. maybe, maybe it is. Let's see. What we got next up here. Um these two line up together. So let's do this one. Oh, the really? Flash um, has had an earlier. interesting um, weekend. Um, it had a 73% decline, which is the worst second weekend drop for a movie. Oh, I'm sorry. I got it wrong. Shazam was the previous. Then uh, Black Adam. Yeah. Um it is not mm. having it is not having a good time. Um it was it put Spider-Man went back to number one and <laughs> Elemental was number two. Ooh, and that's um, didn't didn't do good either. 
Yeah. It um it just squeaked over the two hundred million line. Elemental. Mil- no. Flash. Oh. A movie that oh, costs wow, really? like a pro- I think like close to three hundred million to make. I like the. Yeah, and uh... that's not even that's not domestic either. It's doing terribly domestic. Yeah, it's doing bad. Domestic. It's literally now, relying on its foreign to make yeah. its money. Now I want to I want to jump to another thing real quick, and then we can talk about this. So there's that. Then there's a lot of people who are like, "Hey, you know what? Flash might have been a little bit more successful if you would have just dropped it into into Max instead." Yeah, I kind of saw that yeah. that weighted article. I was just about to talk about that. I'm curious. Yeah. Um, and th- there's so much. You could have tried Flash... to generate some. Um, well, because you wouldn't have had to worry about quite the the release and the marketing, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, same level. The Flash movie is set up for success. It is, it's got shits on the Batman's. Mm -hmm. It's got nostalgia running Mm -hmm. on him. It's got fun cameos. It's got decent action um, sequences. I'd say good action sequences. Um, There's a lot that should have worked with this movie, and there's lots of that's just weird, like the Ezra Miller of it all. Um, That's the problem. the douche nozzles on the internet who are doing nothing but trying to sabotage this because they want the Snyderverse back. Um, this won't bring it back. Yeah. Isn't the pe- this the Snyderverse? That's how dumb they are. <laughs> it, it, it is technically the Snyderverse. These people fucked up our chances of getting Batman Beyond. We were going to get Batman Beyond if this had worked with Michael Keaton, and we are not now. Mm. Um, they well, are, you, Vulture. You've got people who are pissed off with James Gunn. Um I've you, seen that they're trying to blame him for this. They are trying to blame him. They're trying to like throw him under the bus, being like, well, you shouldn't have announced the DCU, like the new DC universe movie lineup. And this movie should have been released three years ago. Th- this movie should have been released three years ago. Um, there's also there's the COVID of it all. There is um if he hadn't they, announced the DCU, the new one, James Gunn, that is. We'd have nothing to prepare for. There would be no well, interest in some DC people at this wish point. that he had announced it after because the theory. Yeah, but what is... else is after this that would we would be in in between to to tide us over? This was well, this the, was no, the table stakes. Folks. Well, no, what we no, like here. no, we that basically. But no, but what basically what they what people want is this to have come out and then at Comic Con he announce the DC stuff. So like two months, a month and a half later, versus doing it when he did because the theory is audience members are like well why do i want to go see this this movie doesn't tie into the new movies and i want movies that all tie in together and so you're telling me that superman and all these new things coming aren't even going to be the same cast but this is supposed to be the bridge that leads us into that it is not i can just tell you that oh okay well then that's a bit that's a fail well, Jack from GQ will tell you that no one wants to see this world building anymore. We're all getting tired of it. Jack can fuck off. <laughs> um, the other you can thing go back that... to just watching like, you know, some TV shows or something, you know. Oh, wait, those do world building, too. I guess he reads standalone like novels that don't go anywhere. Maybe he never read science fiction or I don't know, fantasy ever. I guess he doesn't read any of that. <laughs> There's another theory about this is that Warner Brothers they try to promote this so heavily by doing like free screenings and stuff to people that they over gave it for free. And then once they overgave it for free, 
you didn't have as many people to go watch it. Plus, a lot of people who went and saw it for free who were Snyder Bros were taking photos of like the secret cameos and then throwing them online before the movie opened to try to spoil the movie. Mm-hmm. Like there's this is a train wreck and it will be studied in film history of what not to do. I mean, film marketing look history. at their track performance for the last three films they released. Black Adam, Shazam 2, this. It's all been going... Well, Shazam 2 is a weird one. That one probably should... That one maybe shouldn't have been greenlit to begin with. <laughs> Shazam wasn't a, a big box office hit. It was a weird character, not a big hit. It was a lot of fun, though, that first it, one. I haven't seen the second one. I, I will... No, it is, a lot, it is a lot of fun, for sure, but it didn't make like a billion dollars, is what I mean. Like It wasn't like... No, huge but like hit. to it's me, Shazam, not a Captain America or Iron Man. But to me, Shazam was almost in the vein of like what the Flash felt like in Snyderverse, which was, oh, finally, someone who enjoys being a superhero, you, right? You, like someone who like you. just a, a fun, a fun superhero. You're not allowed to do well, that in a in a Zack Snyder film. Well, you're, you're not mean, allowed well, that wasn't, to be that wasn't well, what that wasn't Snyderverse, was it? But technically, that, was it's it? not Snyderverse. That's that's part of the problem is that it was its own thing, not connected to anything else. Not truly connected. Yeah, they I feel like, like the, tried to tangentially connected. Shazam threw away its issue when they put Superman in that end tag. They could have set themselves aside, uh, really set themselves aside, and then they put that in there, and then Black Adam did the same thing, and then it's like, oh well, that's that's unfortunate. That's so a Black in now, Black Adam is an interesting thing that had everything it needed to work on paper because of the Rock and everything, and it is a fun movie. The problem I think is. They introduce all these other characters who have a history, and they never once let us see the history. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the hey, problem. Tell your guy at GQ that we don't need world building; we just need to draw people in. <laughs> to, to the point about Black Adam too, I, I'm not going to lie; I kind of felt like that was going to be a flop Shazam from too? the first time I heard about it. No, Black Adam, not Black he, Adam oh, two, Black, Black Adam T O O T O O. Sorry. Oh, um, um, uh, the thing about Black Adam, like from the moment that I saw The Rock pushing that so hard, because I know it was like a passion project for him. I get it that, but like project. at the same time, it felt like he was the the trying to sell it, and he's just not. He's not the selling tool that I think he thinks he is. Sometimes he's good. He's fun to watch. He's a he's a box office draw. Don't get me wrong, but like I don't feel like people are gonna follow him when he's like, "Come see this movie that I'm really excited to make. It's gonna be awesome." And everyone's like, "Is it?" Well, and then is... it doesn't turn out to be. This is where it gets AI algorithm is going to write him out. So, well, Mm. this this is where I get to my theory of I think that movie did better than we think it did, based on streaming numbers, the stuff Mm. that we'll never see in a thousand years. But I I wonder if it actually had a good leg that way. Um, it was also part of part of its box office problem was also the COVID effect because you train people that you're going to get to see things at home. Why yeah. go see it um, at the theater? And I think Shazam or Flash has a little bit of that same problem as well. Um, but what we're, I mean, we're going to get Aquaman 2. Aquaman 2 is probably going to bomb. Oh, God. Of course it's going to bomb. Um, Have you seen the trailer? Yeah. <laughs> it I is a bomb already. Tra- yeah. You know, even the trailer that's out now looks like they've made some tweaks, but it still looks like the characters don't like blend in with the background still. Yeah. There's, um, there, it, they're in a weird place. They should probably just try to release stuff on Max and give us a break for a little bit and then come back to the big stuff. 
Um, because Gunn is gonna need that time to let people think and want the stuff to crave it back. But mm-hmm. Gunn is gonna have a problem no matter what. Warner Brothers created a problem with the Snyder Bros. And the Snyder Bros are going to rip this apart no matter what. There will be nothing that will ever be good enough for the Snyder Bros. So no matter what Warner Brothers does from this point on, they have to deal with that problem. Well, Marvel will keep going and DC will fail, I guess. When does Marvel buy DC? (laughs) (laughs) Or Disney, sorry. When Zaslov sells it. Yeah. All right, so a couple months? I think there might be some some, uh, antitrust involved in that one. Probably probably a little bit of antitrust. So let's move on to... um, Let's move on to something that's tangentially um, Zaslov. Um, Paramount has canceled some shows. They canceled Star Trek Prodigy. They canceled the Grease um, show, the Pink Mm. Ladies. And not only are they canceling them, they're going to remove them from their services. So you will not be able to watch this again. (laughs) Now, people are thinking that this one might get saved on another service, but I'm not going to hold my breath. What, Prodigy? Prodigy. Now, if you want to get it on disc, good luck, because it sold out instantly everywhere the second they announced that it was canceled being wiped off of the platform. Wow. Can you buy it on iTunes? You can get it on iTunes. You just can't like get it on. You can't get a disc on like Amazon or something. But folks, remember, iTunes so far has been very good about letting you keep your library. Yeah, iTunes is um they that was one of their original statements is that they won't get rid of it once you buy it. You own it. Is there actually been a season of this Pink Lady show? Yeah, I was going to ask. Yeah, a whole season came out. So no one's watching these things that they're going to remove. I'm I'm sure it's not a big loss. I was even not even aware that existed. I wish I there's a clip. Then again, I don't hey. Here's my unpopular opinion. I hate Greece. So I, I wish there's a there's it's a not clip. Great. If I could Let's find, be honest. I would show <laughs> you that's like hilarious, but I don't know if I could find it in um Tyler Manor. But yeah, it it's just sad that these people work people work on this and then all of a sudden they're going to cancel it and then make it just not exist anymore. And that part's really sad all these people who are working on it, their work's going to be gone. You won't be able to use it on your resume because you don't have a copy of it. Pink ladies, you cannot get on iTunes. So you can't say, Hey, Mm. this is what I did. It's just gone. So, um, I do want to watch pink ladies, but I think it goes away in like a week. So (laughs) I don't think I will be able to watch it. Anyone? Um, There's a lot of people on it, but I wish there was like a, there's a weird clip of, um, um, I'm gonna find it for you guys on our break. I mean, in fairness, there's a here. lot of stuff out there, especially in terms of media, like you know, film, TV, etc. That just it's out there. It existed at some point, but it no longer exists in in a format, right? And so, to some extent, like think of all the late night shows. No one's going back and talking about like the Jack Parr. Well, they're talking about them, but you know, it's hard to go back and find a full episode of Jack Parr, probably. You know, and things like that. So. To that extent, I don't think it discredits the idea that these people worked hard at it. I think they did. I think they they earned everything. But from a from a capitalist standpoint, eh, sometimes things just got to go away. You can't save everything. Wow. Well, I mean, you can't so cool. save some. I'm of the sorry. Older, I'm, you can't save some it. of the older stuff, but you can't. There's a lot of old. Call stuff me Zaz Linebarger. <laughs> there's a lot of old stuff that is still on um, that people had on VHS, and they've uploaded to YouTube. You yeah, but I, I think the, we've gotten to this place where we think that everything is just going to last forever, and that's just not true. Well, that, but that was, but that's the problem. That's what we were promised. 
That's well, when they started streaming. That's what they started to say. These are there and you'll always be able to watch them. And then mm-hmm. we learned first, first we learned that, oh, contracts move around and things go from platform to platform. Right. But they'll be there. And like when Disney came out, oh, you're going to get to watch all your Disney stuff and your Disney stuff will always be here on Disney Plus. Your Max stuff will always be on Max. But then we're learning the hard way that that is going away. So you're telling me a company lied to me? That's yeah. new. No. <laughs> but, what, but where I think it's going to get interesting is when someone creatively comes up with a lawsuit. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, there's going to be a maybe. creative lawsuit at some point in time. And I look forward to it. Um, to seeing like how hey, are they going to try to get around pink it. ladies let's move on i don't want to see this <laughs> oh i wanted i was going to get your like real no one apparently reaction. wanted to see it <laughs> there's a there is a scene that is that is supposedly horribly egregious and i just if i can find it um at some point in time just find a um, break i'm that's what i said a minute ago but then eric was talking so i was still looking you hush up no. um <laughs> all right so star trek prodigy you can't watch it uh all right, let's do a little bit of some uh, Deadpool 3. Um, ben Affleck has been seen around the set. And so people think that we are going to be getting Daredevil and oh, Deadpool God. 3. Because <laughs> it seems like we're be getting multiple um, Wolverines and multiple other characters. So we like might... Ben Devil, right? Not not the true Daredevil. <laughs> no, the, first... the, the precursor in yeah. that weird movie. You know, the OG daredevil the guy from the tv show does that mean we'll get electra you think you think he'll he'll riff on that at all that would be you really think jennifer gardner's gonna show up to the set with her ex-husband for ryan reynolds she might yeah yeah yeah, yeah what's the paycheck <laughs> um, just she dollars. has to make sure that jennifer lopez isn't standing there like dead staring her well, i think know? they i think they've come out and said that they're kosher with each other they they clearly weren't meant for a relationship but they're not necessarily hating on each other anymore yeah Another thing that's going on in the Marvel world, um, there's this little show called Secret Origins, and it got Secret a little bit invasion, of uh, sorry, Secret Invasion. Um, <laughs> and it, look, I'm distracted. You were being mean to me. No, um, you weren't distracted. You didn't read. So there's a little bit of a kerfuffle that they used AI to create the opening sequence. Yeah, I did hear about I, that. I, I have comments on this one. Okay. Okay, then comment. Well, I'm not necessarily always a fan of AI. Because of the fact that I I vehemently de- defend artists and their rights, uh, the same way I would defend writers. However, in the case of this project, I find it to be a fascinating, distinctively interesting take on what exactly the thread is with scrolls. I actually like the fact that when they showed the faces of some of the digital characters, and there's that distortion you get with AI. That fits in well with the narrative of a scrolls. You know what else you can get that distortion with? What's Hand that? drawn. You can. Doing an illustration and actually I, I, paying I someone. That. I understand that. I just think it's an interesting take uh, considering the ways we feel about what AI is doing and the way it is kind of coming in and amalgamating other people's works the same way a scroll does. I think in this particular situation, it is fascinating. I completely understand and would support anybody who opposes it. I just happen to think in this opportune situation, it does provide a fascinating overlay for the real world into this spy thriller. So, 
I will counterpoint that <laughs> and say that I hated the opening and that was before I found out it was AI. <laughs> like to me, it's just an ugly opening. It's one of Marvel's worst TV show openings since the Netflix openings and, and all those that began what I would say is good openings of, of TV shows. It looked ugly. I thought I was like, this is weird. I, I understood what they were trying to do in terms of somewhat the effects, but it just looks bad. Like a lot of the time it looks like bad art. I thought it was like well, I, I was very bad well, yeah. Art. But but art. again, I didn't know that when I first saw the episode. To me, it was but just look, bad art. Think about this way: <laughs> it's bad art. The way that scrolls are not exactly good for us. Well, let me let me there's let me. There's so throw many in, more me, ways. There's, there's so many metaphors. more ways to portray that, though. Layered besides metaphors. bad art. Well, let me let me throw in this the, this openings. extra little caveat: scrolls are bad copies. They knew. They knew that they were pro- there was probably going to be a strike over AI, and they chose to do this. And if you think that SAG is not watching, and SAG is already concerned with AI, oh, and yeah. then with what happened in the Flash, like there's going to, there's an actor in the Flash. I don't think I mentioned it last time. There's a cameo in the Flash that everyone saw, and they were like, "Oh my god, this is great!" They put this actor in there, and that actor's like, "That's not me." Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, "Oh, well, it's got to be this other actor," and that actor's like nope not me they digitally created someone for there who looks like one of those two actors okay so that's, that it's that is completely out that's of bounds yeah that's bad that, my problem with this is this if you want me to oppose the the secret invasion intro if you want to say it's aesthetically not pleasing to you that you are legitimately like that casey and i've had many debates about comic book art where he has he has disagreed with me about the aesthetics, and I think everybody's entitled to their aesthetic interpretation of something. I don't think there's any way to say that. However, if they if I find out that they ripped somebody's art for that AI, they can go to hell. But well, here's the question: Would it, saying. would it be would it make a difference to you if they were like we could have hired ex storyboardist to do the artwork for the opening? Did I actually do like a drawn? Like thing or a painted thing. Alex I assume Ross, that there say. was human input involved in this, and if there wasn't, that is problematic. My understanding is the director just went and did it. Okay, then I'm not okay with that. Because my my thing is, hmm. did you off? You took something away that a human could have done, and this is what this whole AI thing is about: is people well, not it's getting able to do the jobs. Tool. I listened to the founder of LinkedIn talk about this on the podcast. Uh, Eric, it was on the Bull- Sunday Bulwark one, the next level. I'm sure. Oh you yeah, yeah. It. yeah. I need to get. I to thought it. was fascinating that the idea that we have to accept the fact that we need to adapt to AI. We need to realize that it's a tool. It's about how you appropriate it and what use you put it to, is a determination of whether it is a positive or a negative influence. Sure. It's like a hammer. Yeah. It's like what I talk about when I talk with my students about rhetoric. It's a hammer. Rhetoric is a hammer. AI is a hammer. I can build a house or I can bludgeon somebody to death with it. So here, yeah, here, I'm, I'm not against this... AI as a tool or AI no, I'm in general. That's, I'm, that's I'm against the, that's the what replacement. We're now, right, right. Hold on. Here's, here, here's his, here's his quote. Here's where it came from. Director and executive producer Ali Slimini um, has revealed to Polygon that the intro was designed by Method Studios using artificial intelligence, which he feels plays with the very themes of the show. We reached out to the AI vendors. That was part of it. It just came right out of the shape-shifting scroll world identity. You know, who did this? Who is this? Okay, see, that, I can understand some of that. Because I think it does mirror to what the show is dealing with. I'm not saying that does not make it not remove any kind of problematic nature from it, though. Or if you have an aesthetically disagreement with it. 
Now I will say I will say my own personal opinion. I actually don't hate the intro. I don't mind the art of the intro. It actually doesn't bother me. Um, I can live with it because I understand where they're going because of the scroll piece of it. So I can actually I'm okay with that piece of it. Um, I think this was just the horrible time to do this first thing True. and to do it the way they did and not go lead up front with it because it is <laughs> optically a very bad thing at this moment it doesn't help either that this comes right at the time that we're also learning i think in general news more and more breaking out that marvel has a bad reputation with its effects houses and its art art houses so like which hopefully is changing there was a lot of rumors that the the reason that lady was that the reason that lady was let go was actually because of how she treated the vfx people now we don't actually know that that is just conjecture but what well, I meant, like some of that is like tight turnarounds. I know, not, but that's not what I'm saying. She was things. supposedly she was part of okay. that. Also, like it was a lot of her doing. But then replacing see. your artist with an AI generator yeah. looks really bad at yeah, that moment. Like, does. I mean, the, of, of all things to replace, the credits are really easy. I mean, I get it why they did the credits and not like the effects. <laughs> yeah. But at the yeah. same time. <laughs> like it, it really takes nothing to hire people to do really good of, uh, opening credits these days. Yeah. There's so many series that have really beautiful opening credits to the point where it's almost unnecessary at times. Like uh, House of Dragon, come at me, bro, is not a good opening. I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> you mean you don't like the opening to Game of Thrones? I love the opening to Game of Game Thrones. Game of Thrones was better. House of Dragon is just garbage it's the to me. Same. It's it's boring. It's the like it's same. no the House of well, was boring. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna tell you this. The, the problem with the game, the House of Dragons one is you literally have to understand the freaking genealogy. Yeah, it is a deep cut for book fans, which fine. It is not necessarily something that's easily accessible. And that's the issue, right? It's yeah, not so no, much that they're it's not Eric, what they're conveying. Completely... It's the accessibility of it. Yeah. I agree with you on that. It right, took cool. me <laughs> as somebody who is a fan. It took me a while to figure out what the heck was going on. Yeah, to me, it's just forging shit. Like, I'm like, all right. I mean, the very end of it where everything's pouring in, like, you kind of understand what it's trying to say. But at the same time, you're like, there's got to, like, coming from what Game of Thrones did with their their beautiful opening graphics and storytelling throughout the credits to, like, what kind of we have now. I mean, even to that extent, I love The Crown, the show. The opening credits that are kind of boring. But beautiful. You shut your mouth. You shut your mouth. <laughs> shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. They could have done more. That's all I'm on, on that. I'm going to go to the next one. And just like Eric is <laughs> now been exited from this. What? Ad Bunny has reportedly exited the Sony Pictures upcoming El Morito film. Okay. They were doing, they were doing a spinoff of this one comic book character. And Bad Bunny was going to play him. Bad Bunny is I all right. I'm I'm an old man, I think, because I don't know who Bad Bunny really is. I've you heard don't of know him. who Bad Bunny is. I've you know, heard he, of him he enough to know that like, a little yeah. bit at WWE. I you, the you you say that as if like I'm some you know WWE fanboy. <laughs> WWE Stan, that's what he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm we've had a couple redneck man. parties. That's about as close as I've got. Okay, look, I'm a Liv Morgan Stan <laughs> and I'm too old. So um well there we go. always that's... have bullet train right 
Was that our very this. long Us Geekly? <laughs> that, that wasn't our yeah, longest Us Geekly, but uh, yeah, that was. Uh, we guys, we're forty-five Geekly. minutes plus there. I think we record this at night. It's just it, we're 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 in our cups. Maybe at this point, who knows what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> that was that was Us Geekly. It was it was a big one, but mostly it was Zazzle. I wasn't expecting you guys to go as long as you did on something. So well, there we go. Zaz sucks, and we need to talk about it. Zaz <laughs> yeah, does yeah. suck. Zaz and AI knows. should not replace artists. Exactly. Yes. The two things to take away from our very long us geekly folks. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm gonna do. Uh, we have a, a write-in, um, but I'm Ooh. was gonna do a specific. I was gonna do like a topic, but I'm not gonna do. I'll save it probably for next week. So um, this topic that's on the list, I'm just gonna save it. All right. So, but we do have Eric from Brussels wrote in, just like you can at hey. notfunnyguys.com/reels nice at gmail.com, but he spells his the correct way. Oh wait, with oh, with, like with not a C, spell it like, like with a K, with a K. Oh, that yeah. you can fuck right off, Eric. Hey, hey. <laughs> you're a Eric horrible person. Eric listens to us all the time in Brussels. Okay, like do not tell him to fuck off. All right, don't fuck we off. Love, we, we need we the international. Eric, <laughs> Eric, Eric is... we like you. Just I'll teach you how to spell your name when you come over and visit. Ooh, man, that's insulting. <laughs> that is. Well, Eric would like to know from me and John, not from you. I'm sure. Um, I'm not talking kinda, to him. He's kind of curious. <laughs> do you prefer to see movies at home or go to the theater? All right. I'm I'll go roll, first. I'll roll with this one. Um, here's the thing. If I had my way, I would love to go see films in the theater, but there are two large things that make it so that I become more of a homebody. The first is the cost has gotten up there to such a degree. And the other thing is what's it cost for co- you in your area? Well, it's like just an average ticket, just one ticket. I think sometimes how much we don't where I go. I mean, I don't go to a, I just, go to like just matinee. Av- average cost of what would, what's it cost? If I go to a matinee, if I go to a night show, if I paid a full price ticket, I'm looking at like $22. Holy fuck. Her ticket. I can get up there if it's like a Friday night. What the fuck theater are you going to? Yeah. It's more expensive than Boston. Jesus, North Carolina. I don't know. Okay. I go to like matinees where I pay like $15. What? $15 for a matinee? And then then add on the fact that I've got three kids. Are you going to like an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, and a four-year-old? So are you going to Trump cinemas? What is this? He's clearly only watching 40. This is why I go to the one sponsored by my comic book shops. Shout out Scratch and Spin. Hey, when they put theirs on, it's eleven dollars a ticket. So Mm, that's a normal like matinee, I think, around here. That's an evening for us. On a Tuesday night, I can find seven dollar tickets at some of our theaters. If I'm seeing a big because the way AMC does their things, if I'm seeing a tent pole movie in Dolby, Hmm. it's twenty-two. But that's a tent pole movie in Dolby. If it's not Dolby or a tent pole movie, because they do this whole new price difference thing um then you're looking at about 17 can we can can we just get oh, anyways at, get to, all right sorry go i didn't get to answer um i my um preferred method is the theater and that's why i do amc a list so i could do one cost and see three movies every week if i want the to benefits do. of only having one child even if i had two i'd still do a list uh-huh. and to eric which i will how I, I will pronounce your name eric uh, I like it at home because anyone who knows me knows that I have the bladder the size of Ant Man's bladder when he shrunk. <laughs> I can confirm this. <laughs> I can confirm this. 
Fair point. Fair point. Well, thank thank you, Eric from Brussels. Um, thank you for writing in at notfunnyguys.offthereels at gmail.com and asking a question. So please, yep. if, if you have a question, write in. You can tell us how Eric, our Eric, is wrong at spelling his name. I I would love a I would love an Eric with a K, one of the wrong ones, to come in and 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 start the debate. Let's do this. I I hope we get that. I would, <laughs> I would love to see that. All right, let us now move to some movies. Ooh. So this week we are discussing boom 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 Iron Man two, Marvel one shot. I think it's a special name. Marvel one-shot the consultant. Marvel one-shot funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer. Not to be confused with a funny thing happened on the way to the forum and Thor. So let us move on to some movies. So Iron Man 2. So the last Iron Man we saw was in 2008. So it's been two years. This one is 2010. Paramount again, and as we just discovered a few minutes ago, a lot of these movies are going to be Paramount more than we thought. Mm -hmm. um, we're looking at just over two hours. Um, this is a mix of comics and original. John Favreau has returned. Justin Throw is writing it. Um, John Dibney is doing the music. Most of our cast is back, so we've got Robert Downey, Gwyneth, all of those. Where some notable changes, um, Don Cheadle is now playing War Machine. Scarlett Johansson is playing Black Widow. Sam Rockwell, love Sam Rockwell, is playing yeah, he was good. Dustin Hammer. Mickey Rourke is playing Whiplash, or at least that's what they told him he's supposed to play. <laughs> Mark Craig is playing Agent Coulson. John Slattery, our second Howard Stark. <laughs> Gary Shandling as um, Senator Stearns. Paul Bettany returning as Jarvis. And oh, Stan Lee is officially listed as Larry King. Yeah, this time, and Olivia Munn is playing Chess Roberts, which is just very strange. There's another guy, this other Larry guy too. I think he runs a company. Starts with an O. Oh, I wasn't going to mention some of those other people there, but yes, Larry <laughs> Ellison is here, and also we've got Elon Musk, and I think there's a couple of others that are yeah. getting around. But those two get notable shoutouts because Larry paid some money. Um, I did not realize that Justin Thoreau was a writer of the mc in the mcu this is the guy who played um oh in um in the recent white house plumbers um yeah. Hugh gordon libby he was great what was he mm -hmm. so um just a little bit um Liddy. eric for you this is what iron man was looking like at this time so they've already started to shift his armor and mm -hmm. appearance to look a little bit more like the movie um we've got um oh this is what black widow was uh looking like at the time there's one a little image of Miss Widow. Here's another one. Is that why they gave her the ridiculously mop wig? Probably. <laughs> now here's oh, I wanted to show you this one um real quick because this plays a big part. So this is the the famous cover for Demon and Bottle, since we're gonna be talking about that in a minute. Mm. Um, but then the other one I wanted to show you. So I'm this is this is War Machine. So they stayed pretty close to him. John, is this this isn't his first appearance, is it? I don't remember off the top of my head. Give me a second. I'll double and check something. John will figure that out. This is Justin Hammer. They they changed him up just a little bit. Smidge. Just a smidge. Maybe younger. Yeah, a little younger. Oh, but man, I hope they bring him back. I'm glad he's not I gone. Hope they bring him gone. Back too. Now, this is the original look for Whiplash. Okay. Huh? I don't think that's his first appearance, by the way. I think he appeared in uh Iron No, Man I wasn't going. 
Yeah, it wasn't going for his first appearance. Oh, you're talking about That's War the first time he appeared as War Machine. Oh, sorry. I thought you were about Whiplash for a second there. No, no, sorry. War Machine. He first yeah. actually appeared in Iron Man number 118. Ah, uh, okay. And he um, subbed for Tony. And yes, the he did. So this is um Whiplash, and then they did another variation. This is a more recentish look, so you can see how they've kind of pulled it back. Yeah, to the movie the a little bit. Yeah, and then also Eric, just for you, because we're going to be talking about it pretty early on, the briefcase suit. There we go. <laughs> if you wanted to just kind of oh, see, yeah, falling so, out of the helicarrier, falling out of the helicarrier. So just for John, while we were talking about this movie, I'll just leave that up. Okay. But you like the Hall of Armor. so I do. I do like the Hall of Armors. All right. So I want to mention, because I talked about this last time, um, the where they sit in the timeline. So I've added a couple things to the timeline um, through these watches. So this one is happening in 2009. It's six months um, after yeah, Tony's reveal. And Pepper has a line when he when she's talking to the reporter, where she says, "Oh yeah, Tony, um, like Tony Rant did a spread on her last year." Mm-hmm. So that yeah, would it make was, this it's, one year. It's after. actually Justin Hammer who makes that comment about it's being six months, and he calls him Anthony, his full name. Right, but the opening also at the very beginning of the movie actually says six months later. It does. I yeah. missed that. I must have not yeah. caught that. But yeah, that's. He he specifically keys us into that when he's called before the testimony. Yeah. Also, Casey, did you catch your girl giving him serving him the subpoena? I did. I did see her, and we will talk it's about our that. Invisible Woman from 2015. So I've I've forgot hey, real Mara. quick. Let's um. What do we think the genre of this movie is? Oh, this is. Oh, we're doing this. Yeah, okay, we're doing it for each one of them. What's oh, the, uh... I, I think this is very much like a... Eric, you can just call it out after John. I think this kind of gets more into like an industrial kind of like espionage movie for me still. All right. So I'm just going to... yeah, Like with, okay. the, you know, government intrigue. Really, yeah. it's what it's exactly very much similar to the same one that I put the, for the genre for the first one. Actually, I think it's the exact same thing as what I wrote down. Actually, no, I wrote down thriller action is what I actually wrote down on my okay. Oh yeah, that can um, be Eric, what do you think for this? Yeah, film? I mean, I'd, I'd give it a standard kind of war action film, basically, um, in general. You know, that sort of. All right. All just right. war, wartime, and and yep. competing. You know, competing priorities, competing. Yeah, you know, a little bit of the. I don't know that I go with the espionage, but I'd go with the the thriller aspect, the technical okay. thriller. So yeah, so um, six months after even um, Ivan's dad dies right after the press conference um, yep. in this. Mm-hmm. Um, then we're going to jump to the Stark X. Well, we, he's going to build some stuff where we learn that anyone can build this thing. The arc reactor. We learned that pretty quickly. Doesn't take much. Well, apparently, if you have the plans, it really helps. Yeah. Um, so then... We go to the Stark Expo, which is really cool, and this is where we re- they really make Howard to be like Walt Disney. Well, like, you know the 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 basis for that. That's the World's Fair site. Yeah, it's the World Fair. Yeah. Um, I, I by the way, I want to say that I really I like who they cast to play Stark's dad going forward. I'm a big fan of his. Oh, I like the other one better. You never got to see the other one except in a picture. No, no, no. I mean. When we get to the next, I know when we get to the next, um, when we get to the next Howard. Okay. 
because those three Howards, remember? Yeah. We're gonna get another oh, Howard. Young Howard. Okay. Yeah, I like the, the I like the next Howard. Sorry, we're I was get. not following you for a second. I was like, what are you putting the next Howard? Oh yeah, the young one from Captain America. Yeah, the one we're gonna get next week. Yes. Um, we so John had pointed out like um in the last episode um the Palladium and how he's got this Palladium he's gonna have and now we learned that John was right, Palladium poisoning. Yeah, he's burning himself through those cores. Yep. Jeez. And then um, the cameos, the two big, the one really egregious cameo. And then uh, another cameo that's just fun. We get Larry Ellison right after, right up front. The Oracle Larry. of the Oracle, says Iron um, Man. Says Iron Man. Then the Oracle's plastered all throughout that building, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They have, oh, they yeah. have their own dome. Isn't that where the final the, fight goes down? Yeah, the final fight goes on. This is one of the Oracle most. Dome. This was one of the most marketing, like um, a product placement heavy movies. I feel like of the MCU in general. Yeah, <laughs> at least that I, that I can remember. And when Elon I, shows up, it was before people didn't like him. Yeah, eh, debatable. <laughs> I, I would, if I could sit down with Larry Ellison for five minutes, I get five minutes down with him. All I'm going to talk to him about is this movie. Nothing else. <laughs> I just want to know. Was he like a huge comic book fan going into this? Did he know who Iron Man was? Like, how did he, why did he want to go into this? And then does he have a comic book collection and can I inherit it? You know, there's also another potential I, a, angle here. He might be a, I don't know if Larry Ellison's a big libertarian, but uh, Iron Man is considered by some to be kind of a libertarian hero. In I believe, circles. I believe Larry is a Trump supporter. Well, that doesn't mean he's a libertarian. I know. Never mind. We'll save that for another thing. Yeah. We're going to get um, Stan Lee coming back as Larry King. And I'm I'm kind of digging these these Stan Lee as like real people that we get for the first <laughs> couple of episodes yeah, for movies. Yeah. Um, but then we get to, as John pointed out, Kate Mara serving the subpoena. Was this really just like one of her first acting gig type things? I mean, no. I'm assuming that character isn't meant to come up again in any other sort of comic book relevance. No, I think this might be one of her first. I think it's like right before Pitch Perfect. You'd have to do the date check to see, but I think it's right before Pitch Perfect. Before she like truly started to break out. Um, Wait, she was in Pitch Perfect? I think you're thinking of a different actress. Isn't Kate Mara the main girl in Pitch Perfect? No, no. no. Oh, <laughs> I got nothing. She's then. the main woman in um in uh, House of Cards was her big breakout. Oh my god, House of Cards. Is she in House of Cards? I watched House of Cards. What's First happening? season. She's the reporter. Like, oh What's Jesus, happening? go back, go back. <laughs> What's happening? We're done here. Everybody <laughs> sliding into oblivion. <laughs> All right. So, uh, why well, did get I back write... on track? Get back on track. Forget it. Forget it. Oh, so okay. Now we're going to jump to the fun part of this, where the, it was like the controversial scene of this wonderful movie. We're at the court appearance, and you all of a Senate sudden, appearance. the Senate appearance, and all it's like a court. Let's be honest. Well, um, they were basically it. holding him on trial, and we get the private peace. Rody walking in, and his um, infamous line. Um, it's me. I'm here. Let's move on. Yeah. Where it's like, this is all we're going to do to address that we changed actors. This mm-hmm. is it. You get this one little bit. You get a, you get an Easter egg and then that's all you get. Move on. Yeah. Move on. I love how everyone's trying to make the suits. Yeah. And they're all failing at it too. So that's fun. 
Yeah. You know, it's interesting is that this is one of those moments where you get to see a real strong libertarian angle with the character of Tony Stark and that he's highly resistant to like any kind of government interference. And he's acting like he's a nuclear deterrent because he's a man on a death wish who has got to do this to save everybody because he knows he's on borrowed time. Yeah. It's a hero complex that's kind of like uber dangerous in a way. A, a little bit. It is a yeah, little bit. And then, of course, he makes Pepper the CEO. Yep. Yeah, then that, um, as he, he goes back to the, where we learn more about the suit, like we actually get the, or sorry, the, um, the palladium poison. We get like the true stuff. And of course, like right after we learn it, that's when he makes Peppa. Um, pepper not peppa sorry pepper and then this this the leads into some incredibly reckless behavior when we get to monaco yeah i love starts that acting in a way that's not only dangerous to him but dangerous to others yeah i, I love right before he gets to monaco we get the introduction of black widow as the notary yeah notary <laughs> <does>. public yeah <laughs> it, it whoops uh hogan's ass mm-hmm. which is pretty funny okay there's something that's really funny they talk about her as modeling when she was in Tokyo. Uh-huh. That made me think of one of Carla Johansson's breakout roles, Lost in Translation. Oh, I'm sure that's exactly what that I'm was sure that's a, a reference. reference I don't I can't confirm it, but I'm pretty sure that's a reference to that film. So oh, I'm, I'm sure it is. I love like who is that? It's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Yeah. <laughs> one thing that I find interesting about this, there's a lot of criticism today, like people use it like, oh my God. You used her as a sex symbol in this. She didn't have a part. And yes, her role is smaller than his. Um, It is still time period. Like women still aren't getting like the best roles. However, her character would really be using the sex appeal to get what she wants. She's explicitly using it to get what she wants. Yeah, they got that part very right. Um, at least I feel like they did. Well, Black Widow is specifically being, I mean, that's her job. She's not there because the script said so. She's there because that's what Nick Fury said, go be a spot, be a floater agent yeah, and keep an eye. And of course, what do you do? She has very strong feminine wiles that she can mm-hmm. distract men, which yep. is what the comic book character did all the time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm like, I think that they actually got her right. I um, mean, she's playing on the whole femme fatale mm-hmm. element. So he meets that. So we then go to what you were talking about, where we're in Monaco with the um, the very reckless race after he talks to John's favorite person, Elon Musk, <laughs> which is a weird scene. It's so awkward, that little bit. Yeah, um, it's so awkward. It's like from a guy, this, by the way, from a guy like Elon Musk who likes to think he is Tony Stark and he's not. Yeah, that's all then, I'll say here. And then this scene is where when Justin comes in, this is where we learn that like it's been one year. That's where Pepper makes the comment that because uh, well she says last year that doesn't mean it's been a year. It can still well mean she well she goes she goes a year ago. Okay, I'm pretty sure she says a year ago. Even if she says last year, that still means it's it would still be two thousand roughly two thousand eight. Um. So we get that. So then Tony's going to like go off to do his thing. And we get the cool scene. I don't know how you guys feel. I think it's really cool when he walks out, when Whiplash walks out there on that track and then activates his suit. Because he looks, he actually looks like a Rob Liefeld drawing at first when he's still got the orange on because his chest is so puffed out because of the the chest plate. And then he activates it and it burns away to reveal this very strange look for which uh, for whiplash again like he's after their in fight, a movie i don't like, know what he's in i like the line he has if you make god bleed 
And he has punctured yeah. the mystique that Tony has built around him in the suit. Yeah. Yeah. Which apparently was, I guess, what he was trying to do. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I think he was trying to kill him. Well, I think he was trying to kill him too. And I like how he knows about the palladium and the chest. Yeah. And how he basically is like, you know, he's punctured Iron Man's invincibility that there is no one who can come close to equaling him. And that does undermine Iron Man's sort of overall authority. But when you combine that with the fact that Tony is himself in a downward spiral mess, it like cascades. Yeah. In a really bad way. There, I mean, there's there's times in this movie where it feels like Whiplash watched Iron Man one because he <laughs> it feels like he knows a little bit more that he should know. Yeah, things that might just be Mickey Rourke. That's that's probably just Mickey. Mickey's in his own movie in this. Yeah, yes, totally. I know. Completely in his own movie. Can I also point out that like uh, when we first meet Whiplash, not to go back too much, I don't think it really does. No, he's no. just leaning against a door with a bottle of vodka in hand yeah. for no reason. Like there is absolutely nothing other than like Mickey Rourke was like, no, I'm going to stand here and just film me and then I'll turn around at the right moment. <laughs> it's like it feels like such a, a, a over melodramatic theatrical piece. When in staging. Russia. I guess. So, so, do you think that they they that he made them film like a whole scene that's like his whole backstory that we don't know about? Who knows? We'll never hear. Because <laughs> it would be really funny if they were like, "All right, Mickey, we're going to do this. Okay, this is the movie we're making for you. But now we're going to film this other stuff." There's a whole Whiplash movie out there that's just waiting to be released in a few years. Oh my god! Yeah, I would possibly watch it just and out of, of course, morbid curiosity. Let's be honest, we'd all watch it. <laughs> Look, and of course, who's paying attention to this but Justin Hammer, who of course breaks him out, yeah, goes through all the trouble so that he can have him build suits because he wants to kill Tony's legacy. I want my bird. Yeah. I want my bird. And of yeah, course, say... Tony doesn't care that his actions have set up a whole chain reaction with Rhodes and the military, Pepper and them trying to do damage control. And he doesn't care. He's dying, basically. Yeah. Well, I, I I will say this. I love I love the Justin Hammer character in general that that uh that he comes up with and that he plays on screen. I think it's a lot of fun. It's a little weird. He's a little Tony Stark esque, but I guess that's probably intentional. Want to be? That's right, why. Right. He wants but to be Tony. The whole like the whole motivation behind either of the villains here is pretty thin oh, yeah. <laughs> for both. Oh, of I them. understand. And it's a little rough. Whiplash is, Whiplash is just purely <laughs> bitter anger. And Hammer is just corporate greed. Yeah, I mean, I, saying, I get I their motivations. Get... I'm not saying I don't understand them. I just say they're, they're not thin. the greatest. Yeah, I think Hammer's fit tracks. It's Whiplashes for me that doesn't right. necessarily track. I, well, I like ha- the fact that apparently uh, he hacks um, Hammer's network without a problem. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Multiple he, times. Yeah, he is smarter than he should be in this movie because if he's doing that with just with Hammers, you would think he would just hack into the Iron Man suit. Like just find a way, maybe. Because he seems he does, to hack you know, into everything you never else. Know. I mean, Stark is smarter than Hammer, though, so he he's built better firewalls. That is true. Yeah, um, I mean, he you know you do know he is noted as being a he was a physicist. Yes, I know. So he's not like a dummy. He's obviously just someone who spent hard time in prison and got a lot of tattoos. A lot of tattoos. <laughs> so after the car thing, I like where Rhodey which is such an F one ripoff too. By the way, just to throw that out there, they they never say F one, but it's it's basically F one. Well, it is F one. Um, it is. I like yeah. when What's Rhodey. 
I like when Rhodey comes up and he's like, hey, you said that these were 10 years out. They're out there now. Like, we're taking your stuff. No, you can't have it. No, the government wants your stuff. You can't have it. I like that little bit. It was one of the most well, realistic moments of this because that is yeah, exactly he does what the tell government would have You done. don't have to do this alone. The part of the problem I have with Tony Stark's character, and one of the things I have a problem with this kind of like, I don't need the government's interference thing is, yes, we don't want intrusive government, but he's literally rejecting an opportunity to work together. Yeah. And his self-destruction, he blinds himself to this idea. Mm-hmm. And of course, he then goes like crazy crazy at his party yeah he gets his, his alcoholicness at the well, party yeah, he finally we finally see an overindulgence in the alcohol yeah which you know if i had palladium like killing me i'd probably do I the mean, same he's, thing he's just he's he's doing a yolo he's he's yeah. i've only cool. got one life let's just you know he thinks he's dying and of course he's not listening to pepper he's not listening to Rhodes. and of course him and Rhodes get into that lovely fight yeah. hold on i want to circle back because i forgot to mention right. this um i like the briefcase suit. I do too. I like I that. I do too. A lot. It was nice it's, and sleek. It's mm-hmm. so cool. Well, just the whole idea that like mm-hmm. there he is and you see it. Um impractical that it's chained to um to happy. <laughs> why is Road <laughs> why is happy have a chain to his arm? It's a, it's a nuclear football I guess, basically. I guess yeah. he's you know mm-hmm. it's his job to protect it. Yeah, but it, it becomes impractical when he needs to quickly put it on. Oh, by the way, that I love that they just the sit car. there in the car watching it all happen. If Pepper had gotten out of the car and put three rounds in Tony's head for the trauma, I wouldn't have been shocked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> right, saying, sorry, I had to circle I, back to like, the, the never armor. speak to you again. I want to trauma. I want to. I want to say to the um to the briefcase scene though the scene where he actually puts that on and like I know that I love the, that part the look of his face and the terror on his face is like I need oh, to get yeah, this on scared. as fast as possible. That's one of yeah. the best moments of Tony Stark in in the first trilogy of his you know his solo films because like well iron man 3 is pretty great for emotional heft in terms of iron man but well it's nice dealing with trauma yeah yeah that's my favorite part about iron man out of these first two though this is probably one of the first moments that we've seen tony stark outside of like being captured in afghanistan truly afraid and truly like i gotta get this going you know yeah since he's become iron man this is the first time he's faced something that literally threatens to kill him and he hasn't encountered that since he became Iron Man. Since and he, he shows Iron it. Man, That's he beat Ironmonger. Yeah, he's been on top, so he's having a conscience, a moment of crisis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which then leads to his drinking, on he top was... of finding out that his father may not be the person that he thought he was because his father. Kind yeah, of that's a whole revelation because that's a father son trauma bit that comes out later in the story, which leads back to the the drinking because um, yes. that happens immediately after he learns about. The I love the another one bites the dust scene where they start dropping the beat and they have to fight. And then, of yeah, course, what does good. he do? He goes and gets donuts. Goes and gets donuts. 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 So I like Which the- is not a good hangover food, personally. I, I need right. a greasy, I need a greasy breakfast sandwich myself. I would, I would go get me like say- some eggs and bacon or something, man. Yeah, like a, a New York BLT or bacon, egg, and cheese, rather. Oh, yeah. No, that'd be my like thing. A, I, want, a bagel. I want some carbs and some protein, you know. So Keep with eggs and bacon. Mm-hmm. With the fight, I want, want I want to point out that they do an interesting job of doing a foreshadow of the end of the movie. Yes, when they, do. they shoot the the repulsor rays at each other and it causes the explosion. Yeah, they do. They set that up, which is it's a nice yeah. little bit. And I like that after the fight, Rhodey's like, "I'm taking this," and it's a good setup too for that moment as well. Like it's a good yeah. climatic moment to their fight because it's it really shows both of them willing to use their armor against each other. 
And we're going to well, see something again take ownership later. of the armor. Very similar. In, you know, for Rhodey, at least. Yeah. You know, there's I'm that more... whole bit where um, he talks about how he can't read Natasha mm-hmm. or Natalie as she's purposely. Going. And assuming. then, of course, when she shows up as Black Widow <laughs> and with Nick Fury and he's like, what you? Yeah, he's <laughs> so mad. He is so mad. He's... He couldn't figure it out. Yeah, he didn't yeah. get it. He couldn't read her, and that's why, because she's that good. Then after um, that little bit where we learned that Black Widow is actually a Black uh, a Black Widow. Um, and we learned more about Howard Stark forming S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep, and uh, then there's they do some weird cutting in this, because while we're learning about that, we also find out that Justin Hammer gets the bird, but that's not my bird. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. not the right person. It's very it. weird how like he like keep jumping like in between. And we find out yeah. that Ivan's making him drones, not suits. Yes. Um, which will come back a little bit later. So we've got that Howard is a founding member of Shield, mm-hmm. which I'm gonna be curious to see how that tracks in the other stuff as we go and along. Of course, they have that Fury does something. He says, I gotta deal with this thing in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hinting. Well, well, Coulson. No, Coulson's got to deal with the thing. Well, but he mentions a he mentions a problem too. Fury. Yeah, he mentions a problem. Yeah. Leaves. Start. Yeah, starting to set up, which is where we start to get those interesting. Like we're weaving stories together. But like, this, this is truly really starts to weave them together. This is also where I think Fury says, "I have a lot bigger things to worry yes. about than you." Yes. And I and I don't yeah. think it's just in reference to Thor. I think this is kind of saying, "Yep, there's a lot more out there, folks, that we're about to get into." Right. Yeah. Yeah. So one real quick, do we find out Coulson? Brings in a big ass box crate. Yeah. What do we actually know what's in? Because I don't think they actually yeah, ever no. show us. Oh, no, Tom they do. Opens it. It's like that's all the Howard Stark stuff. Prince oh, you're Charles. right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. It's when he finally yeah. starts figuring out what his father was trying to do because he tells him that Go he get was the model trying to of work on something. He only got as far as the arc reactor because he was limited by his time, which he then gets in that film yeah. where his dad's right. talking to right. him. And he gives him like the thing. Go get the go get the Epcot model, which I want to say <laughs> to your point, Casey. Though about that case, they never open it the way that I. It's they set it up like they're going to open it, and there's going to be the golden hue coming out. That's of the what arc, I was expecting you know? too. That's what I think in my mind. <laughs> and they never did that. Track. There was never one thing in there that was like, whoa, you know. They no, it was like that case really stuff. didn't mean anything other than it was just a chest of like you know memorabilia. It's basically the stuff his dad left at Shield yeah. for the day they give to Tony one day. Yeah. So okay. So I want to I want to go to the the, yeah, the, the video is the only thing that's important in there almost. Yeah. I want to go to the Epcot model. Yeah. It is sheer luck. A hundred percent luck that Tony figures that out. Oh yeah. Well, no, 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 a, no. There is no. You there cannot. is a plant because his father in the video is in front of that when he's talking to him. So he has it in his head. You're right. It is a reach that he goes for the model, but. He had just watched a video with his dad standing in front of it. That's it's true. not that. They, it's I'll give not you that. that. Okay, it's not that he gets the model and decides to do it. It's the fact that he's like, "Oh, I got this model, and now I'm going to 3D render it," which his dad would have never been able to even imagine. I'm going to 3D render it. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to put it and I'm going to make it happen. And I see that it's a chemical formula. His dad knew he was a genius. Okay, and then he builds a, his own mini. Uh, hydron collide, hydron collider to um make. So his his dad was his dad was Nostradamus. Yes. Okay. I'll buy that. I do like the fact that he bought strawberries <laughs> for Pepper, though. I do find that funny. That's like the time <laughs> I bought Leia some raspberries. I also oh, appreciate dude, yeah. that as he's building the device, um, 
Oh yeah. Colson picks up the shield and is like, <laughs> is this what I think? Yes, put it right here. Which becomes a weird contradiction and it's pretty soon um because we know where the shield is but i do think this must have been like a um like a temp shield i think it was a prototype like, for that's what a prototype that's what things on that's what it was mm-hmm. or it's that's him not, trying to that's rebuild not it. vibranium no no it's definitely not vibranium. that's definitely like a, a concept a mock-up i think which is it vibranium in- we'll, have to, we'll, we'll find out that next week i don't think it's actually vibranium um in the movie but we'll find it maybe it is we'll find we're watching it next week they they say whatever it is but then of um, course he makes something to replace the old core yeah and then this is when he's going to get the new device and then we get colson going i'm going to new mexico. new mexico did we ever establish why it was a triangle in terms of what he turned into the new element nope okay. no it's just it's just, just aesthetic like all right all right just, just he was tired of circles he said i want a triangle this time so Okay, here's something. It's that's the weird. gay agenda. <laughs> here's something that's weird to me. He puts it in, and then he's like, "Wow, tastes like coconut." Oh yeah, yeah. the coconut and metal. Yeah, like, well, you know what that is? He's getting that adrenaline rush in his mouth. I get it. It's just the coconut piece. I don't get. I get I don't the get metal. The coconut, but the I coconut. it makes me laugh. Yeah. Um. So then we find now we're back to we're introducing. Of course, the hammer drones. was brought in to upgrade the war machine armor. Oh, yes. I, we we skipped that a little bit, which is pretty funny. Which is that ex-wife thing, which was yeah. like, what a dud. Yeah. yeah. Um, that is a, that is a good little scene. I did like how they give him like straight face, and they're like, we'll take it all. And then, of course, because we're using Hammer's software, Whiplash has hacked all of it. Yeah. And which we'll, t- we will find out that all of those, uh, those, those weapons of, of Justin's kind of suck, I think, in the long run. They do suck, but the fact that he was able to use that to hack into War Machine, to me, he should be able to use War Machine to backdoor into Iron Man. I think that's I just don't a flaw in Whiplash. Be- Whiplash should have been... Whiplash no, just was too busy using, focused on the bird. No, he had access to War Machine's armor through I know. software. Not, it wasn't Tony's. Well, no, but it was Tony's. it was Tony's armor that War Machine steals and then Hammer gets his hands on... But Which Hammer never had access to the hardware. He but, only updated the firmware software. Remember, Tony can't even get access to it. When Tony he tries, can't get access. Only take, it's a full reboot, thanks to Natasha, that unlocks it. But I think that by him getting into it, because War Machine... Okay, first, also, I want to point out, because I didn't mention this second, why can anyone just use the armor? Because War Machine gets, Rhodey gets into it, no no lessons, and can use that thing perfectly. Well, he's also like a pilot, a general, or a he can use it in the Air Force. I understand that, but that's still not like you still have to understand how the suit works. Maybe Tony made it very intuitive. He he probably did because of the Jarvis system that would been in it. But I do want to say that I think that if Ivan had been thinking about it, he would have just backdoored into Tony. He would have used War Machine like, to backdoor in. You never know. So he was busy with the bird. He was obsessed with the fucking bird. And <laughs> and Justin Hammer's stupid, like, I'm going to turn these drones. Here's a set for the Navy. Here's a set for the Army. Here's a set for the Marines. Here's a set for God. Space Force. Here's a set you for know, not, not now, now, but later. Um, and and his, that, his, was... By the way, his his entire motivation is purely greed. Oh yeah. Oh, it's yeah. like I just want to be in the Pentagon. What do you want for the next 30 yeah. years? So we get all of everything goes wrong that can go wrong. 
the Oracle building is getting destroyed. <laughs> we do get a really good widow scene. And I love this widow scene. Oh, I love how she handles all those guys and happy barely. Makes yeah. <laughs> That's what I love. But we do. She does. She something that will pay off several movies down the line. She starts her poser career. Yeah. It's but, true. you know, Iron Man did the exact same thing at the beginning of the film. It's true. This is true. This is yeah, already he, he posed first a superhero pose. I just noticed in this photo, it looks like she's actually wearing ballet slippers. I would not be shocked if she was actually, because that actually would be way look... more, m- m- more more maneuverable. It's yeah, the man. worst uh, wig in the world, though. Like it is such not a, a bad great wig. wig. Is it actually a wig? Do we yeah. know? I'm pretty sure that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It gets better. It gets better in it, future. It's not a wig. You're right. It's a mop. <laughs> Died really red. <laughs> Scarlet. All right. I'm going to move past Miss Scarlet, who saves the day for Happy. Uh, and then we, we can... performed the You Got the Touch. Reach out and shoot. Yes. Well, we get we get a fight that is kind of lackluster and ends pretty quickly, as most of the first MCU movies do. Yeah. But we do get the reach out, fire. Also, isn't it? Isn't the uh, kid in the Iron Man mask supposed to be Spider-Man? Uh, there was always fan theories. There's but always I don't fan think theories that the kid is. he saves in the Iron Man mask. It's Queens. It's don't it's they retcon that Parker. later to be someone? No, no, they don't. It's retcon a joke. It later. It's not a real yeah. thing. But I always like to make the joke. Oh, look, he saved Peter Parker. Um, there is the weird the kid in Iron Man three will show up in Endgame or in no. Yeah, Infinity no, should the end of Endgame. Yeah. I, can, I always get confused, con, the two confused, which is which comes first. Um, all right, so we get it. So, all right, the thing goes off, Whiplash sets off the bomb. So, definitively, can we say Whiplash is dead? Because to me, he suicide bombs himself because he's he got did. his chest starts to start, uh, light up. Oh, yeah, too. no, he suicide bombed himself. That's what I thought. So, he is dead. So, we have killed off two characters so far, two villains. Ironmonger is dead, and now Whiplash is dead. And then... We have a special episode of Rooftop Confessions. Well, we always have Rooftop Confessions. It's a superhero <laughs> movie. Yeah, I know. I love that. I love that. They're up there having this moment where they finally convince themselves, like, oh, I love you. Finally, say it. Yeah. And then who's watching? Rhodes is being a peeping Tom. So I love the, after that, we get into him talking to Nick Fury in like the CG room. Yes, um, the textbook narcissist. Yes, I love the textbook. I like that he's like, um, you, you have me as a consultant. You can't um, afford me as a consultant. Yeah. Um, which is pretty funny. I actually, there's the footage of the Incredible Hulk movie playing in there. Yeah. And then I also well, did He drops some... his fee. Remember, he drops his fee if you will do me a favor. Which is Senator Stern. Yes. Giving him uh, and Rhodes the medals. Which and I then... love Stern when he gives Tony his medal. Yeah, a little. Prick. I tr- I tried to look up. Um, it's funny how annoying a little prick can be. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was gonna get to that, you little pricks. Um, I was gonna say I I paused on the map to try to see the locations on there because Nevada is a location mm-hmm. in the map. Um, there is something. So in the scene where where the show it where Nick Fury is talking to him, and you see like the Hulk stuff playing in the background here. Uh-huh. There's a map. And I paused on it. You can see um, there's a location for where Nevada is. Okay. There's a location up in the Mainish area, which I never pieced together. I still can't figure out what that is. Hmm. Um, there's something in Africa, which I assume was supposed to be like a hint at Wakanda. 
And there's uh-huh. one that's like in the ocean, which I think was would have been like a, a like a small Easter egg that like something's going on in the ocean, like maybe Namor. Um, hmm. They know they don't have words next to them. It's just dots and on a map. But I was trying to piece together like what could that have been. If we're gonna talk um, about Africa, you better start playing some Toto. You're just like... So then we get to Stearns and a little prick, <laughs> um, and then we get to the tag for this one. Um, we're still at one movie tag. Um, but we get to Hulse, a Coulson um, gets to the hammer and calls Fury. It's like, sir, I've made it. All right. So then, uh, Eric, <laughs> let's do the two. Um, let's do the two one shots real quick, and then we'll do your recommendation, your library. Since okay. the one shots sure. are like four seconds a piece. Sure, up to you. So Marvel one shot the consultant, which oddly enough, Tony says you couldn't afford me as a consultant. This Remember, was though, two... he does say he drop his fee though. He does say he would drop his fee. Um, so that's 2011. Um, I'm gonna circle back to that in a second. 2011. Um, it's about four minutes long. Where did um, this go? Like originally, where was it initially? It was on the. Um, I think it was it on... part of like the DVD. Yeah, it's they're on the DVDs. Uh, okay. I yeah, think so it's. I think it's on because I have the DVDs right here. I think. Oh no. Funny thing that happened the way the Thor, um, Thor's hammer is on Captain America, so that means Thor is got to be the consultant. Do I see it listed? Yes, the consultant is on Thor. Oh, okay. Um. So, all, really, Clark Gregg is the only one who's there. We do get Sterns, who will become a bigger part later on. Um, as the MCU. It took me a minute to remember where he fell in the universe. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. he's one of the he's one of the few characters who will be on Agents of Shield. Yeah, before and, they yeah. get shielded out. Um, so this is just a little funny little thing, and all we really learn is that um, they want Abomination to be a member of the Avengers Initiative. We learn that he's in a special prison, so I'm assuming that's the raft, mm-hmm. or at least the early version of the raft. Yeah, we get Ross is holding him. Tony's the consultant. Um, this one's weird. If you look up on like Wikipedia and stuff, it says that it takes place after Iron Man 2. And I assume that's because of where DVD comes out. But oh, that- really, it happens during <laughs> Incredible Hulk and before Iron Man 2. Well, Iron Man 2 happens before the Incredible Hulk. No, yeah, no. Iron Man 2 is after Hulk. Release wise, but in terms of timeline, no. it's before. Timeline, it's Hulk is the same year as Iron Man. It's 2008. It's the same exact year. Mm. So this has this actually takes place between it's the the first conversation is happening right after Hulk because it's basically happening from the end credits of Hulk to the tag of Hulk. Well, there's a question: how how far after the initial activities of the Hulk does the end tag of Hulk actually? That's happen? what that's that's what I was saying. Like, so that's happens. maybe six months or you know whatever later. Yeah. It's happening somewhere Seven between months. Incredible Hulk's credits rolling and the end tag. Whatever it wasn't that technically end tag. It was technically before the Oh, credits. you're right. You're right. It's not an end tag. That's a, one of the weird ones. Yeah. Um, so that's where we have that. Um, I want to circle back because I just forgot this um, plot points that are still open in this. Um, so from Iron Man, we had a plot point of War Machine. That's been resolved in this movie. We still mm-hmm. haven't resolved Avengers Initiative. Um, Iron Man 2, new plot points. What's in Nevada? Are we going to get that resolved? Spoiler, yes. Thor. New Mexico. <laughs> that, uh, new Mexico, sorry. Um, 
that is Thor, the Thor movie. And the other open plot point is, was that Thor's hammer? Yes. So we actually answer the plot points from this. I can't think of any other loose ends in this movie. I'm pretty sure those are the only two. Good. You agree with me? Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I'll agree. Yeah. Cause I, I couldn't think of anything else I was watching. Um, all right. Now we're going to jump to the other one shot. A funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer. 2011 also, because it's both the DVDs came out the same time. Four minutes. Um, same director. So I, think most of these are be the same director until we get to the Thor ones because Taco Waititi does the Thor ones I believe um, well that's like way down the line though yeah that's way down the line yeah um Clark Gregg is back again um and this is this one actually establishes something very interesting um first we learned that Coulson's a badass when it comes <laughs> yes. to fighting yes which makes this just amazing love this, it this takes place between Iron Man 2 and Thor um because he's left from iron man yeah. 2 and he's there but what's interesting in this this is john i don't know if you caught this this establishes roxon energy yes i did notice that which should be coming up um, a little bit more in the future well we'll see that again definitely in iron man 3 and other things so yeah so it's going to start coming back um so that's an interesting thing that they use this to seed that for the first time because i don't yeah. remember seeing it anywhere else so those are the shorts. I loved it. I loved. I loved a funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer. No notes. I do too. It's so good. Oh, this was it's your first so time good. seeing it, wasn't e- it. Yeah, it was. Everyone, everyone, go see this. It's it's on Disney Plus. So if you're watching along with us, you're probably on Disney Plus already. Um, it's worth it. It's it takes no time. It's shorter than most YouTube videos you might be watching too. So check it out. Definitely. I think it's my second favorite of the shorts. I need to rewatch them all again. But there's one that. It's going to take a lot to top Iron- this. <laughs> There's one after Iron Man 3 that I think is better. Mm. Um, mm. But mm. Um, anyway, <laughs> so Eric, um, give us a library recommendation. All right, libraries. Well, skipping ahead slightly to the Thor setting, but I guess we're kind of there a little bit with the consultant by this point, or rather um, funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer. We're heading out to New Mexico, folks, which is why I was quick to correct you, Casey, because we are <laughs> in New Mexico. Uh, technically, Thor takes place in Puente... Uh, oh, I'm going to mess it up. Something that translates to Old Bridge um, in Spanish, which ties in, uh, not to get too far ahead in, in Thor, but to, to the bridge and so forth of Thor that, that we'll, we'll, we'll speak about shortly. Uh, that said, it's a fictional town. So I tried my best to kind of figure out roughly where that would be in New Mexico, and I probably didn't do a good job. Uh, so instead, I found this place called Alamogordo Public Library in Alamogordo, New Mexico. Alamogordo, small little town, as you can imagine. Uh, pretty southern New Mexico, if I'm not mistaken, uh, from from the, the Google Maps and stuff that I could tell. Uh, also, definitely a desert town, though I don't imagine there's much in New Mexico that isn't. Um, uh, and it is, for those of you keeping score, the zip code is 88310. Uh, so some quick facts. Uh, this had mostly to come from Wikipedia, so my apologies for any discrepancies here, because the actual Al- Alamogordo Public Library website does not have a, a history section about itself. Uh, but that said, uh, Wikipedia was a pretty decent source. Uh, so we learn. Uh, the Alamogordo Public Library first opened in March, uh, March 1st, technically, of 1900, 1900. Uh, Alamogordo was an unusual for a southwestern town at the time in that it was a planned community. Uh, so that town was a planned community, the planning being carried out by Charles Bishop Eddies 
and Charles John Arthur Eddy's Almagorda Improvement Company. I, I honestly couldn't tell you why uh, it didn't go into that on the Wikipedia, and I didn't think to research further. My apologies. But if you want to understand, I'd love for you to write in, Almagorda or anyone else, uh, to tell me why Almagorda was established as a town. That said, the Eddies, they saw a library as being necessary for their community, and they gave financial support to the Almagorda Women's Club to start the library. Uh, ownership then passed to an offshoot, uh, the Almagordo Library Association, and then to the Civic League. Uh, the Civic League uh, retained ownership of the library until about 1958, when it was sold for $1 to the city of Alamogordo. Uh, the library has resided, or had resided, sorry, in a series of rented rooms. We kind of have started to see a trend of of kind of rented spaces or, or one-room buildings or people's own personal homes uh, with a lot of our histories of libraries, for those of you keeping track. So this is nothing new. Uh, so it was in a series of rented rooms until 1962, when the library was first constructed at 920 Oregon Avenue, where it still sits today. Uh, the building was 10,280 square feet at the time. And at the time, again, 1962, cost $175,000. Uh, the library, however, uh, was doubled in size in 1987 to 20,000 square feet or almost 2,100 or 21,000, sorry. Um, and that was at a cost at that time in 87 of $871,000. So a bit of a, a bit of an extra financial boost, though, arguing for inflation. Who knows? Um, this has perhaps one of the more weird schedules that I've seen, maybe not in terms of times. I think there was one uh, further up. Uh, further back in the the timeline about five weeks ago or so that had times all over the place in terms of the days this one actually is one of the first ones that has is closed two days of the week one of those not only being sundays but fridays which is an interesting one for me though in fairness almagordo likes to get lit on fridays uh, uh, to my knowledge so so they got to go and get get going um that's that's a lie apologies almagordo if you're you're very uh, uh dry town uh but that said every other day besides friday and sunday you should be able to go to your library at between 10 a.m and 5 p.m uh, some days it is open later till 6 p.m i think that's mondays and tuesdays um for those of you in almagordo or wanting to visit almagordo please do it seems like a lovely little cute town uh on your your journey through through the midwest in general i imagine um, or the Southwest, sorry. Uh, Alamogordo Public Library is about one mile east of the Alameda Park Zoo, which looks like a nice little strip of park in the middle of the town. Um, and just down the street on Oregon Avenue um, is the Alamogordo Family Recreation Center. So great place for all you families to go uh, have some time and, and, and probably play, you know, whatever intramural sports exist out there. Um, and then it's also basically right next to the local Girl Scouts chapter, which is also in between that and the uh, the Family Recreation Center. Uh, in addition, uh, there are some great looking delis, uh, some coffee shops and stuff in that area as well. So you're you're going to find some some great places to to snack or eat while you're there. Uh, so please check it out, Almagordo Public Library in Almagordo, New Mexico, our first library in New Mexico on the series. Uh, so so shout out, would love to hear from anyone in that area talk to us nice thank you eric thank you very much i'm gonna go there next time i'm in new mexico nevada yeah you should seems yeah. lovely it does seem lovely all right ladies and gentlemen we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna talk about some wonderful nevada new mexico Woohoo! not nevada it's not we'll nevada <laughs> <laughs> 
And so when he left the show, they just decided that they were going to digitally add a space to the scene. And <laughs> it was bad. it was a choice. It was, it was, it was a choice. It was, it was a choice. The oh, wrong hell. one. The wrong choice. But it was John's favorite movie growing up. So. Stop talking about that and me. <laughs> I will reach right. through this screen and punch you. Do we're it. back, folks. <laughs> we're back. So we're going to talk about telling we porky pies. <laughs> we're we're going to talk about what? Thor. 2011, oh, also I broke Paramount. Eric. I broke Eric. <laughs> he didn't break Eric. I uh, used a British slang term there, and I, I messed with him. Oh, okay, you gotta, you gotta wait till next back? week. All right, all right, all we're right. back. All right. all right, so Thor, directed by Kenneth Branagh, written by Ashley Miller and Zach Stans, music by Patrick Doyle. All right, now we story, the new movie. Uh, story what? conception with J. Michael Straczynski. That's right. Was story we were going to talk about cameo. Yeah, as I'll say, we're going to mention his cameo because it's pretty early on in the movie. Um, so cast we've got Chris Hemsworth as Thor, Natalie Portman as Jane Foster, Tom Hiddleston as Loki, um, Anthony Hopkins as Odin in his own movie, Stellan Skarsgård um, as Eric (laughs) Selvig, Kate Dennings as Darcy Lewis. Uh, or Kat Dennings, sorry, uh, I don't want to say Kate, Kat Dennings, uh, Clark Gregg is returning as Agent Coulson. At this point, he might be the most used actor in the MCU at this, at this point, point yes, at, yeah. in this, at yeah. this time. Um, Colin Fior as King Laufey, Idris Elba as Heimdall, Ray Stevenson, rest, is, rest in peace, as Volstag, um, Tendubo um, Asan as Hogan, Josh Dallas will be the first of two actors to play Fendrel. Yes. And um, this is the guy from um, Once Upon a Time, um, Prince Charming. Um, Jamie Alexander as Sif. Rene Russo as Frigga. I love this autocorrect because it changed it to Fridge, which is weird. <laughs> Stanley playing Stan the Man. Sam Jackson as Fury. And in a fun cameo that we'll talk about later, Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye. Um, yeah. I have some thoughts on this cameo that I really Where, like. Whereas Iron Man 2 gave us the first human of the Avengers, this one gives us the second human. Second one. Um, By the way, so interesting it, note, this is really Hemsworth and Hiddleston really breaking it out. Yes. Debatably. Tony yeah, Stark this is, is a... how they kind of launched themselves into America. Yeah. Tony Stark is a human. Well, but he's oh, a special okay. human with a suit. All right. So, Eric, this is what <laughs> this is what Thor looked like in the comics. Um, he's right. basically always looked kind of the same. Um, Loki at this point in time is, you know, being weird. Loki. We Not have until the TV series that we get something that looks comic book accurate. So, yeah. Okay. Um, this is what Sif looked like at this time. Sorry, I can't see what she's wearing. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> um, we get oh Odin. Oh, this is a classic picture yeah, Jack of Odin. Kirby one there, baby. Um, but we got our Odin. We've got oh the Warriors three and one. Did you be able to see this? So there they are. I mean, they do pretty good job of yeah, they did. the Warriors three in this. By the way, the story, this whole story itself is pretty darn close to Thor's original appearance, anyway. To me, oh yeah, you know, oh yeah, they to stuck be clear. pretty close to the source material. And his first story and journey the mystery. Yeah. Um, Eric, here's the destroyer, so you can see that he, they basically ignored this mark on his chest. Right. The, oh, yeah, the they, destroyer is like they did pretty well. Spot on. Can I just say I was I was just now years old when I learned about the Warriors Three. I thought that was a completely made up D and D type trope for the movie. <laughs> no, really? No, yeah. they're yeah. even a, when I just watched it's it a little deep lore. I mean, if you you really have to be into Thor comics to know them. 
Yeah, but they are like a wider Marvel comics comics thing. They are very much a journey into mystery as guardians kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, And they're great in the books. They're the, 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 the levity of the books. Yeah. All right. And they get their own book. It looks like. Um, that's that's just a mini series, a three shot mini series, or four oh, shot okay. mini series. Um. All right. So yeah. So we got some, we got some Thor. All right. So this one, looking at our timeline. Oh, actually, genre alert. Genre alert. Eric, what do you say the genre is? Are we I, I all mean, on the same page on this I'm one? I'm saying fantasy. Yeah. That's what I say too. This um, is a Shakespearean epic. Ooh, yeah, it is. It totally is. Well, first half. It's a mini, half. mini Shakespearean. It's a, it is run through. And I mean, it's Kenneth Branagh for Christ's sake, you know. The first, the first thirty minutes are just a Kenneth Branagh Shakespearean movie without sure. Kenneth I mean, Branagh. Even the themes of it run throughout. I mean, if you think about Loki's character, he very much has like a, a very Richard the Third vibe going on with him. True. Odin's, and I take it back. Odin's clearly doing a King Lear. Yep. Yes. You and know, so there, there's like elements running throughout this whole story. It's very say, Shakespearean, is... but it is not a Kenneth Branagh Shakespeare because no. Kenneth Branagh does not play the lead. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not Hamlet. Or he is Monty not Thor. Yes, I know. It is not I... the Odin story. <laughs> I think this movie is perfectly cast. It is. I agree. And I love, yeah. I'm going to tell you guys, under slightly underused character, but I am a huge fan of Idris Elba as Heimdall. He's uh, he's, he's great. Films. If you look at Idris Elba, he's he's great at most things. I, I, I think he's underused in the MCU, and he I is. was going to speak to he that was. later. He was underused. He is, but I will say in this one, he's underused. He does. They do give him more to do each movie progressively. It's true. Sure. Um, but I, I'm overall I, I, though. Yes, he is I, underused. I'm not remembering well enough to to speak to this, but I forget how much they show his actual face versus him in the helmet. They could totally bring Idris Elba back. As as another character, right? Especially with the multiverse at this point, of course. Not but because still. Of, no, no Thor no. Ragnarok kind of uh, yeah, it kind of kibosh that. Yeah, they use him a lot. Sorry. Um, later on. Oh, did they? Yeah, he has no yeah. helmet in that one at all. Yeah. So. Mm, okay. And then, yeah. and, like I said, my memory my memory fails me, especially around in Love and Thunder. Is it, is it Age of Ultron? He's not in Thunder. He's literally shown in, he is in Love and that one with no helmet either, too. Yeah, he died in the Endgame stuff. Eric is in, in Love Infinity and Thunder. War. God damn it. You got to stop watching things on Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> so, back to the timeline. We now have the earliest thing in the timeline um, in this because the movie establishes that in 965, yes, Norway is attacked by the frost giants and Asgard comes to protect Earth. So, that is now the furthest back the MCU goes with um, dates. And this movie takes place um, in 2009. Um, because it's happening at the same time as Iron Man yes. 2. Um, and so it is the sixth thing in the timeline at the moment. All right. Mm. I want to say something real quickly. So we open with them hitting Thor from the Bifrost, and then we go back. Yes. There's a funny moment when Sel Dr. Selwig and Darcy and Jane hit him. Yes. They all look at each other, and I swear I got I know what you did last summer vibes. It does look like that. <laughs> like, oh, but how are we gonna cover this up? There's also a, a slight continuity issue, in my opinion. She says in that opening scene, where did he come from? And then it cuts and, and does the whole prologue stuff. Yeah, it, they don't. She doesn't say that. Where does he come from? And the, ne- the next time they replay the scene, they do it. They do it word for word otherwise. And they leave that out. And that, that, that annoyed I'm, me. I'm sure that's just some random 
Um, I'm sure. I think that's a good catch. Good catch. No, no, it's a no. That's a great catch. It, I'm it, saying, it feels I'm like a joke just... set up to the beginning, but not as something yeah. to follow through later. Yeah, as yeah, I say, yeah, I think I it's that. just a weird continuity. Like they just didn't catch it because we're going to yeah. see stuff like that in trailers too. And like I said, it's on. it's not just word for word. It's practically shot for shot at times with the yeah. opening. So it's it really is probably just an editing thing at, at that point. Well, but still. Actually, I'm thinking it's just another shot. I'm wondering if that was a um, an improv line in one maybe. take they did and they did it uh, they yeah, used another maybe. take and that's probably why it didn't um so yes they we hit him with that then we're gonna learn our norse history <laughs> as we get to see our shakespearean play well if we go back play, the play within the play time and yeah. defeat them yeah and then and, we and, return to the realm eternal and i wrote down are they as asgard the guardians of the galaxy at this point yes essentially they are yeah, this is the yeah. introduction they themselves to as that well, this is also the introduction, the introduction to the MCU to the cosmic realm. We go to yeah. other planets, literally. They call them realms, but it's another planet. And then I like how he's giving that lecture to young Thor and young Loki. Oh, yeah. He's talking about wisdom. Great mm-hmm. casting, by the way, for those two kids. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. good. They were really good. Dumb. Oh, I actually want to hit that a little bit. Do we see the hammer in the trophy room? Yes. Um, so then we get we're gonna get Thor in the goofy hat. I wrote my that's my note. Thor is wearing the goofy hat when we get him older. The helmet. Yep, his helmet. Um, and this one I wrote like I just love the design work of this movie. Like it Oh, the I, costuming is fantastic. Oh, I so much about this movie. I, I mean, you believe, love. like you fully believe oh, as yeah. Asgard is its own realm. Yeah. Yeah. Incomplete. Yeah. It also, is they it bring North Paradise for Flat Earthers. Yeah, it's why they brought Kenneth Brennan. Because it, it's he does yeah. a lot of justice to the idea of the Norse mythology and, and the, oh, he does. The, that level of it. Yeah. We learn that um, Mule Mule or Mule Mule, Mule, um, Mule, Mule was Mule. forged in a dying star. Yes. Um, in this, we're going to see um, Mjolnir? Loki wearing the helmet. Mm-hmm. Mjolnir. Mjolnir. All right. It's forged as, in a dying as, star. As, um, you know, she calls it Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Yeah. Um, we get Loki wearing the helmet. Um, the frost giants come it. in, and we're gonna get our first glimpse at the the destroyer of this wonderful movie. Um, we're when the frost giants are trying to get the casket of endless our endless winter. Right, that's its official name, right, John? I'm not making that? that up. The casket of endless winter. That's what it's official. Yeah, I think that's what's called. Yeah, yeah. I think they just call it the casket in the movie. They only but... refer to it by that, but it has a more detailed name. Yeah. Yeah, it's the source of the frost giant's power. It's their way of projecting themselves. Yeah, all that fun stuff. It's the source of their power, basically. It's what makes their world, and they build things with it and conquer things and all that. It's their hammer. It is their hammer, in yeah. a sense. It's their way of both building and destroying their enemies. Yeah. And so while the frost giants are going in there, did you guys notice something interesting in the in the, the trophy room? No. While the frost giants the trophy room. While the frost giants are oh shit yeah, how many how many fake. stones? So there's the theories that this is a fake, but yeah, the infinite gauntlet is there. It looks like it's got all the stones in it, um, but the theory is this was a fake that Odin just had something he didn't he thought he had the real thing, and that it's not real. But I did find a picture of all the things that are in the trophy room. Who knows oh. what the hell they all are. Other you know, than the, weird. the one there on the bottom left looks like the Eye of Agamotto. So a lot of people thought this was the Eye of Agamotto. Um, I know the one in the top left Doctor is Strange. the Eternal Flame. All right. 
Do you know what these other two? I don't know what the other two are. Yeah, I got no idea. The Rosetta Stone. And... <laughs> that one. Like a <laughs> and, and a beacon. Uh... And Tony Stark's Mach 8. Oh, my gosh. You did. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking right. the same thing. So we get uh, we get this. There's a scene, like, right, it's right around this time, Odin, like, puts down Thor. And there's this shot of Loki. And as soon as I saw it, I wrote down, Loki's like, no, you didn't. Because the way, like, Odin chides out um, Thor. Um, it was really fun. It was a funny scene to me. Um, well, you know, I love that where he's giving that speech that gets interrupted by the break-in. Yeah. He's talking about the twin purposes of the hammer. I like that as a foreshadowing metaphor about Thor himself. Because mm-hmm. when we when we first meet him here, he is clearly a, a nuclear weapon. Yeah. Waiting to find, looking for a target. Yeah. You know. He's whiny little bitch Thor in the, at the beginning well, yeah, of this I movie. Mean, and I mean, if you go back to the original um, first appearance of Thor, what happens next is very much in line with how he ended up on Earth in the first place. Oh yeah, with a longer with a, delay. With a, yeah, with a longer delay, he's gonna um, come up with his own plan after this to go and get revenge mm-hmm. on Jotunheim. Um, and we get to see the Rainbow Bridge. Like we really get to see it at this point. I really like what they did with that. Same here. I yeah, love it's, it. It's pretty it's cool. Subtle, but there. Yeah, and you it's know. always shimmering, which is really cool. That's and I like the way that they did, they truly show it like a conduit of energy. Yeah. Which is what uh, it is. I also love Heimdall's line, like, you guys aren't going to go do this, are you? No? <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I wrote, I love the Warriors 3, because this is really the only time we get to see them until the end of the movie. Well, you know, they also foreshadow here the power of the Bifrost. Yes, they mentioned when they that. they ask like, if he can just leave it open. Yeah. And he says, if I did, it would destroy Jotunheim. And I'm like, foreshadow. Yep. There's a lot of foreshadow in this movie. Yeah, we well, get I mean, to... that's good. I mean, that's good. You you need to see that. Oh, yeah. We get course, to meet get into a... the Game of Thrones um, Frost King. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the Frost Giant. The, wi- the White King. The, the white, white King. That's white Walker. White Walker. I couldn't think of the name when I wrote yeah, my note. Um, I like when they get to they they have that negotiation moment when they get to Jotunheim, mm-hmm. and the thing that you know they do the Marty McFly you call him chicken thing. I, that's my note too. I was like, he's got Marty McFly's ego. And look what he said. He said, and that giant said to him, "Run back, little prince. Run back home, little princess." Yeah. And I'm like, and, the, oh. and then you just see that Loki, I love the I love Loki's line. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> Loki's motivation in this movie is very all over the place because there's yeah. moments you're like, well, he's oh, subtle. he's doing well. No, it's not that he's subtle. He like, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm want to put my, I want to be better than my brother. Oh, well, I got to be better than my father. I'm gonna take the throne. Oh, well, I found out I'm actually this race. Okay, well, I want to be back with them. Oh, but I'm gonna screw them over to get my brother. No, now he I'm gonna kill, to kill them all. He wants to kill the frost giants for abandoning him. I know, but, he's but he like about his identity. We go through like so many, like I'm going to do this to do this. I'm going to do this. Oh yeah. no, I'm really doing that. And it, to me, it gets very muddled. Well, I don't um, know. I, I, I actually think it. like, so I, I don't totally be wrong. Understood. I do like, I do like his. Well, yeah. And I like the character watching again, made me understand why Tom yeah. Hiddleston became a breakout from this too. And in, in yeah. terms of Loki and why they're like, Oh yeah, let's keep Loki. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, it's a fun, like, charismatic character that i want to pay attention to right that said i completely felt like his initial motivation with all the prologue stuff at least was was purely 
um trickstery right it was loki the trickster at that point yeah, well, he went from it wasn't until he learned it. about the his powers that he became which they'll never touch emotionally. on ever again no well he he goes from being simply competitive to mm-hmm. be like it becomes blood sport exactly him. well to me the where where it got in it and this is a it's god's playing with forward. each other right we can't die <laughs> right it, it, where it gets to me and where where the, where it falls apart, his motivation to me is he's about to get what he wants. Lofty's gonna get Odin. And then he gets to be king, and then he can kill Lofty. But he stops him first to like save Odin so that he can well, kill him flag. and then destroy the planet. But then what's his mo- like? What's after that? You're not gonna do it. Odin's still alive after that. But he assumes that he'll be Odin's heir and that everybody will love him. He's seeking the adoration that Thor gets. I guess he wants what Thor has. He wants that is the adoration true. He of does people. Want Thor. If he saves Odin and pulls off basically a false flag situation, mm. that will be to his honor. They'll build a statue to him. All right, I'll, I'll right. He he will be praised. He will have songs sung about him. Yeah, exactly. Right, I'll, I'll I'll buy you there. Um, we get one of my favorite things: hammer to the face in this fight sequence. I just oh, yeah. love hammer to the face. Um, I like when Odin rescues them and then he banishes Thor. Now that's where we tie directly oh, into. Yes, I love Odin coming in. Oh yeah, it was he was With... banished to Earth, and th- the hammer was had the pronunciation put upon it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and it, what we see Odin to Earth. We yeah, see but, Odin with the eight-legged horse. Too. Yeah, that was yes, super cool. Plus, I love Odin's line when he sees Thor. He's like, "Silence!" <laughs> like yeah. it's such like a, like I mean, for for as much as Anthony Hopkins was definitely in his own world, world. at times, yeah, he fucking killed it. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. I love I love him as Odin. I love Brian Cox would well, do a good Odin. Brian Cox would be an he interesting could, yeah, Odin. He could do that. I, I just want to say. I think it's more brutal. <laughs> right before Odin gets there, when Thor launches himself like a bullet through the demon dog's yeah. head, yeah, is such an amazing awesome. shot. Um, but yeah, but we get Odin there. The the that's what he between, is. I mean, he's a reckless weapon. You yeah, point him at something, he destroys it. The the fight between Thor and Odin, and when he gets banished, is so. I mean, it's just heartbreaking because like. Yeah, I think every son at though. some point in time has probably had that same kind of fight. Even Not to Loki's the extreme. back by it. Well, yeah. it's funny as you go into Thor's motivation here, and to like Loki's point, he wants the adoration. Thor yeah. wants to prove himself, right? My yeah. dad did this, so I have to do better than my dad, mm-hmm. right? Type thing. So this therefore, why, I've got to go do the same, but better, right? Yeah. And I've this is why Thor's. Care. This is why Odin's a terrible father, by the way. Well, yes, yeah, he's a bad <laughs> why he's a terrible well, I mean, he's not. I mean, like when he banishes Thor, he's he's right. Sure, yeah. to teach him a lesson, but he's also kind of a neglectful father. Well, yeah, he yeah, goes to what Shakespearean for like King was good. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, I thought it was really interesting when he when he turns on Thor. Even Loki's taken aback by that. Like, yeah. whoa! But the one nice thing about when he know. does turn on I think Thor, Loki's playing into it when he enchants the hammer yes. and throws it out there. He's like, "I'm gonna, I'm turning on you, but I'm give, I know, I have faith that yeah. you yeah. become he a better him person." A task. Yeah. He's been given a quest. That Thor doesn't know about. That's well, the, to see that's if he can redeem himself. Yeah, you know, but Thor doesn't know find that. His way. I mean, the, the thing is, Thor just doesn't know that. That's the that's the bad part about what Odin does is that yeah. he doesn't give Thor the clue to know if you become better, you can come back. But then, would it be authentic if he knew? 
if if he had to work, I think at that's being part of the lesson, you know, authentically but, good. Well, yeah, but could he authentically do? It's it? a trial by fire. It's a trial right. by fire. Right. Odin is literally think, putting him out there, and like he'll either pass or he'll die. Well, right. I think in this instance, though, it would have worked if he knew because the enchantment's still the enchantment. Only those who are worthy. He might have falsely been like, "I'm worthy now," and then the hammer would be like, "No, you're not." Yeah, but that's so, not a Shakespearean level tale. That's Disney. That but is here's the thing: we're if we consider this from the point of view of say a uh, uh, Joseph Campbell's hero journey, this is the threshold. Mm-hmm. He's now upon the quest, and he has to he, the boon he has to retrieve is the hammer. True, you know, and he by the way he has to grow in order to re, you know retain it. Yeah, and of course, what happens to him when he gets to Earth? He gets hit, and then he gets tased by Darcy. He gets but, tased. And after Darcy looks at him and wants to fuck him right there on the ground. And but I like, mean, the at the look same on time, her, keep it in your it. pants, Darcy. Trial by fire is the literal, like, well, not literal, but like, it is the way that like every superhero origin story happens, right? It's not until Spider-Man loses someone that he realizes he needs to be yeah, responsible no, for his powers, it's right? A, it's a moment of decision that, you know, tests the characters metal, right. met, metal right. basically, and sees what it's, they're made of. It's like forging a weapon in fire. Right. This it's, is it's Thor. Thor. Getting knocked down to get back up again. At know? this point, Thor is like a, a piece of pure iron. Just destroy things, but he's rigid. He has to go through these trials in order to become true steel. He's a warrior, a, not a, a king. Me- a forging metaphor. Mm-hmm. Um, is it weird to anyone else that they're out there basically searching for UFOs and they luck upon Thor? Well, no, she's looking for the repeated experiment. Yes, she's looking for the ex- repeated, you know, the wormhole lights in the sky, the <laughs> aurora borealis in New Mexico. But still, it to me is like, oh, they're out here looking for UFOs. That's how it reads to me. Yeah, it does. The way they shoot the scene. Anyway, that's just a funny thing. I me. love when Thor goes nuts on all those doctors, the nurses. I do too. Like you're all drug and then they jab him into the. Into the <laughs> uh. So, but right before he attacks the doctors, we see the hammer lands in the yep. desert. Um, and then we get to find, we see everyone going out there to well, find first, it. Oh, sorry. J. Michael Straczynski finds it. Yes. J. Michael Straczynski then everybody, finds it. Yeah. Which is left Stan a giant crater. Stan the man destroys his truck to get it. Um, we, <laughs> um, he's going to get out of, ruins the party. Yeah. He's going to get out of the hospital. Like she hits do. him again. Um, then it, we should go back to the hammer again, where it's a, actually okay, a by party. The way. And this is where Stan, hold on real quick. Then we see Coulson drive up. Yeah. This is 36 minutes into the movie. This is where Iron Man 2 ends. It's 36, yes. 36 okay. minutes into the movie. First of all, when he gets hit that second time, I cannot tell you how hard I laugh every time <laughs> that happens. When Jane hits him the second time. <sighs> it would have been great if she would have hit him a third time somehow. That would have been even funnier. <sighs> it should Rule, have. Of three, Rule of three. Rule of three. Rule of three. Uh, we do get where we see his abs, and then, and then he, shirt he gets the label shirt of an ex-boyfriend that says Don Blake, Blake. who was his now, alter ego. It actually does say Donald on it. it says Donald Blake. Yes, and that's um, what he—that was the alter ego he was imprisoned in yep. on Earth until while in Norway he found a walking stick that happened yep. to be Mew Mew. He gets imprisoned with him twice actually, because in Heroes Return. Um, and that's this time he makes Donald Blake be a paramedic. Oh, yeah, no, right. no, it's sorry, it isn't. Is it Donald? Now I'm questioning myself. He comes, but he goes back into a mortal form as a paramedic. I think it's Donald. Maybe. I think they somehow made it Donald again, anyway. Um, so Loki, we find out Loki had ratted them all out. We find out that Loki's blue, and that um, Odin is a baby stealer. 
Yeah. And I love that. I'm going to steal this baby in hopes that I might be able to unite all the realms together by stealing a baby. There, you wonder where he learned these bad ideas from. He learned it from his father. Yeah. There's a slight kind of foreshadowing of Thanos in that sort of storyline, too, of like, I'm going to kill this planet, but take the child, you know? Yeah. Like, Odin's just as Gamora. bad. Yeah. And as we find out in Thor He's Ragnarok, not as powerful. he really is as bad. He is just He's as been bad. killing blood. Yeah. Um, so we get that S.H.I.E.L.D. is now, well, we've heard the Mimi line. I'm just going to skip over it. We hear it. It's amazing. I love it. Darcy forever. Um, S.H.I.E.L.D. is now taking all of her stuff. Colson's there <laughs> taking it all. And I love it. Like, all I have is this. And it, like, it's perfect delivery. All I'm going to have left in my notes is this diary. And the agent like it. grabs the book in that moment. And then, um, of course, Selwig name drops a friend of his. Yeah. Selwig banner. new banner. Yeah. Um, which they haven't really tied back yet. I hope that one day we do kind of get that. Um, yeah. Um, we've Odin goes into the Odin sleep after Loki yells at him. And this is when Loki really takes on for me the Richard Third mantle. For mm. me, this is where I feel like the heavy Shakespearean vibes come when they go before him and find out he's now in charge. Yeah. You will and address me as you reverse the order. The whole prologue, which I call the prologue because it's before it, the Thor story, essentially, but it's the Thor story making Thor. That's that's very Shakespearean to me. Once it hits like actually New Mexico and it's on you know 30, 40 minutes in, then it's all super book. Super, you mean, yeah, when I, they're on I, the I still set. think there's 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 a sprinkling of it throughout, and I think when yeah, he's trying to take over, there's very much of a kind of Shakespearean. You know, someone attempting to portray the, someone being a subtle art. It makes me think of Richard the Third. That's Just fair. Saying. A, a horse, a horse. Well, more like right. a part where he's like playing two faced to people hmm. openly, and he is putting on that mask, and people don't people underestimate him. And now he's stepping forward into the throne, and it's like now you're going to feel my power. Hmm. You know, the, um... I had the upper hand. Casey, of course, to... Heimdall is suspicious of him from the get. Oh, yeah. Heimdall well, is the smart one here, folks. Well, yeah. But Heimdall can see everything. Always. I know. Him. Yeah, He literally can see everything. And he's everything. suspicious because he can't see Loki. Yeah. When Loki um, cloaks himself. And when he goes to Jotunheim to make that deal, that's when I think Heimdall is like, you're the one. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we get that S.H.I.E.L.D. is like set up their base around the hammer. And then we get the Thor, well, a really good part of the Thor theme, um, which what I is, love his theme. What is Odin sleep, by the way? Is that a comic thing in real? Is that an actual storyline, or is that like just something they made for this movie? It's it's part of the comics too, but I can't remember if it's actual Norse. North I don't remember myth. the Norse mythology, but it is in the comics as well. It's a he has to, it's like regeneration for him. Yeah, he has to sleep for several months. So it's like, like he's he used his up life. his his ness, if yeah. you will, and he has to sleep to like recharge, basically. That's basically. It, right? And it's like being the, plugged into a wall socket. And the realm's <laughs> always in trouble at that point because people it's want to It's always when everything's, everything becomes precarious because Odin, being the all-father, is the one who can basically, on a whim, you know, settle everything. Yeah. So so to be clear, Odin has major panic attacks at moments of high stress. Uh, yeah. <laughs> has you know a, a bout of narcolepsy. <laughs> Odin, is, Odin is Tony Stark in the beginning of Iron Man 2. Yeah. Where as long as his sort of mythology is intact and he's at the driver's seat, 
everybody keeps their tail in line, but the moment he falls off, that's fair. Yeah, everything's fair game. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. All right, I get it now. I'm tying so, the two films together here. So we've got our Thor's theme, and then we see that um, someone is in the van. He gets a call to go and stop him, and out come guy runs out of the van with a bow and arrow. Who okay. could it be? Is it Green Arrow? Is it Green Arrow? No, no it's, it's Hawkeye. Okay, and he goes I'm gonna up, tell you right now. Green I, re- I remember being in the theater going, "Yeah, he hmm. would, he would." Um, I, would. I do. I love that he's in there just touching like his cheek as if he's talking. Like it's just weird that way he touches his cheek. They use it later. Um, I think he was supposed to be touching his ear, but he didn't in the shot. But whatever. Um, he's there. He's talking to him. Do we want to do it? No, I want to see what happens. I want to see what happens. I like later and, he talks about how you better make a decision or I'm going to start rooting for this guy. Yeah. Um, Thor tries to pick up the hammer and he is not worthy, um, which is a devastating shot for Thor. But oh, what God, I want to say. Breaks him. Yeah. Um, and then Loki comes to him. rub it in. Right. So before we talk about the, that Loki scene. I love, this is what I alluded to earlier, I love the way they introduce Hawkeye in this. This is a classic, straight-up comic book cameo first appearance. Like, it's just a random little, like, throwaway thing. You get a quick little glimpse of them. You don't even really know who they are. And then it's going to go away, and then it'll pay off later, where it's like, oh, it was this tiny little thing. Like, Deadpool is in, like, a panel in New Mutants. And then became like this breakout character. You know what this is? This is where you get the shot of the character at the end of the comic book. Yeah. And then you get to see them in the next comic book. Yeah. Which we what do now that? all the time. We just do it in the tags. Yes. With like um, with Hercules. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All Back right. then so, we worked it into the, the story. Which was a little bit better in my opinion. And well, I mean, he's an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. in this story. So yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay. So now we get, um, oh, there's a sign um, that there's like a pull away shot where we see the billboard that says um, that Thor, that it's the land of enchantment Yeah, um, that was there. Uh, but yeah, we get, um, we get Loki there to, to tease him. Um, well, so, tell him that Odin's dead. Just yeah. really stab it in there. And you're never coming back. Yeah. You're never coming back. Lo- and I, you know, he loved it when he begged him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Loki must have loved that. But I think Loki was even humbled when he tried to pick that hammer up. That's what I was going to say. I love when like Loki goes to try to pick up the hammer and can't. It's, yeah. It's so great. The um, While the, all this has been happening, we've gotten the awful thing that we're going to hear forever. Magic is just science we don't understand yet. That they're going <laughs> to rub in our face for every MCU movie going forward. Doctor Strange especially likes to rub that one in. Oh, and it's in, and in Thor too. They're going to use yes, a lot. A it's one. like the undercurrent of that whole movie. Um, okay, so Loki tries to pick it up. We're now into third act because at this point it just steamrolls through. Yeah, the Warriors Three are going to come to Earth, which is one of the best scenes with them when you have um Volstag at the window, like hi, (laughs) at the (laughs) window knocking. I love that one. Um, Thor has been humbled, he's making breakfast. Yes, is amusing. Um, this, uh, this is what I wrote in, in my notes, like. This movie has great pacing. Like, I actually like the pacing it of does. this movie. Um, I like this movie a whole lot. A whole, whole lot. Um, found you. Yeah. Um, is that one of Starks when the Destroyer comes out? Is just the perfect yeah, line. Yeah, um, Starks. He doesn't tell me anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so oh, I love that they basically do a Cannonball special 
where they throw Falstag uh, at um, the Destroyer. Oh, yeah. It's like right as like it's the one scene, like we see him starting up, it gets thrown at the Destroyer, and then Sif jumps down with the spear, it goes right through him. And then all of a sudden, he like morphs and turns around and tries to get stiff, uh, Sif. Um, of course, Thor now has the realization that Loki's been manipulating him. Yep. Loki gets confronted and then freezes Heimdall. Mm-hmm. And before he then descends the Destroyer. Yep. And While then, of Destroyer course, Thor is... acts selflessly by helping to evacuate people. Yeah. So I like that Destroyer destroys a town in the middle of nowhere that's clearly a set built. In the middle of nowhere, because there's like five <laughs> buildings in this town. So Thor's got to save four people. He also becomes a good man in like four days because he's not there very long. Well, so it doesn't take he long also to tries become to people. reconcile with Loki too. He tries to be like the better person. And I think that's actually what that to me is the turning point for the hammer that activates the enchantment. Well, I form. think that meeting Jane, Jane helped. But I think Jane we and wouldn't... Eric and Darcy, all of them, I think changed him. Right, but I mean, like he, I, that's what starts it. But it's the it, yes, I think this the, is the true finish. switch is the trying to reconcile with his brother before he gets bitch slapped, yeah, by the by the destroyer, um, and then we get the incoming, um, with the hammer. So I, I meant to mention this a minute ago, but I'm gonna mention it with the destroyer thing. Why is the Bifrost so destructive? It's like an A bomb going off anytime that thing lands. Well, it's like it's an energy pulse is what it is. It's like a Death Star, Death Star blast. I know, but like... But I think the, the thing is what changes between teleportation and transportation and it being a weapon is I think when it sends somebody somewhere to a place, say like mm-hmm. to Earth, it's like a boom, like a blip. Do you think it's the machine? Because the machine doesn't exist anymore after this. True. And when every time we see I the Bifrost the after this, it's not like this anymore. Well, you know what it is? It's like channeling energy into a laser yeah. focus yeah it's got to be that machine thing like a magnifying you... glass yeah mm-hmm. and it's just like amplifying it yeah i think that is a part of it so we is, get to the is it like an extension of the bridge is that what it is yes is? well the bridge the itself is just it like is. pure energy and it's just an extension of it okay. yeah going out but they choose where the bridge goes at that that yeah, yeah basically yeah, okay. yeah um so we get the thor versus destroyer um and it's a such a small scene like this is the problem with early marvel movies is the infights are always like super tiny well, they they have a they have a superman complex issue where it's like and uh the when the hero gets into the going it's like full power yeah and it overpowers the villain oh uh, real quick um speaking of the overpowering and the superman complex, what did you think about when he gets his armor back when he grabs oh, the hammer sequence. and all kicks in uh, yeah that was kind of cool that's scene. my favorite one of my favorite and, and i love the um Jane's like, is this how you normally look? It's a good look. Such I also like the way he draws the destroyer up into that funnel Mm -hmm. away from things. Yes. That's not something Thor would have done at the beginning. This is true. He actually shows concern for the and empathy for those around him. Mm -hmm. That was part of his problem as well. Because like like I said, he stops being a nuclear warhead and he starts becoming like a smart weapon system. You know? Yep. Yep. So he, we save the day, and we find the son of Cole comes back, and Coulson will never get a debrief. Will never get a debrief ever. <laughs> um, but he does get an ally. Thor's like, I'm now an ally, and I will help you. Yes, you mean and an Avenger? Maybe, maybe doesn't exist. Um, Jane, Eric, and Darcy are apparently going to help Shield. 
Because last we hear about that for a while. Well, no, isn't it? no, Darcy, <laughs> no. I think is great because when we get to see her in WandaVision, she's got a PhD finally. Yeah, and we know Jane will be. But well, she's working. She's working for she actually, really, it's actually it's just Eric who's. Eric is help. really the one who gets pulled into work for them. Yeah, mainly. And then um, Thor goes up. I will return. We get the passionate kiss. The only time that they kiss in the whole franchise, where it looks like they actually like each other. <laughs> Loki's gonna, you know, save Odin. Um, and then we're gonna get to the fight where we learn Loki's plan. I'm gonna leave the bridge open, calling back to what John referenced earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to well, see time Dell for explaining that to us all. We appreciate yeah. it. Um, thank you, exposition man. Then we get. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, he does. He has a lot of exposition. Yeah. Oh, movie. and then of course Loki does it because it's his revenge for the false flag that he set up. Yeah. Um. This is where we're gonna get to see. Oh, Loki is like all blue too. It's the only shot where we're gonna ever get that because we'll but never reference that again. casket. Yeah. Yeah. Um. We. Uh, oh, I love when after when they start fighting and Thor just sets the hammer on him. Yes. That's so <laughs> yeah. Amazing. That's a great. That's great use. And then when, like Thor when he goes to Daryl with the toilet. Yep. We'll get to that. And, and then Thor has to make the, the hard decision to cut his people off. Well, it's either or destroy a, a planet or prevent genocide. So, well, it's not just that. It's also cut your own people off because remember, they True. don't know that they can get out. It True. becomes a throwaway line, I think, in Avengers where we learned that they can get off the planet, that they have to take well, they have time to make use of the it. dark magic more. Yeah. But at this point in time, they don't know if he'll ever be able to leave Asgard again. So he's cutting his people off from everyone. Just well, he's the, choosing or, the greater good, right? Which is which is the good. Yeah, I, I like that they do that. I like how he breaks the. He the has bridge. to sacrifice something, and since he has to sacrifice Jane, yeah, being with Jane in order to basically prevent genocide. Yeah, right. you know the, all um, the frost giants. We get a, a, a fact, personal sacrifice. Until this very moment. Were his sworn enemies. Yeah. So he's Personal going to sacrifice. save those he sees as his enemies mm-hmm. because it's the right thing. And he breaks the bridge. Loki starts to fall. And this is where Loki starts, makes his own like evil sacrifice where he's like, I'm just leaving my family now. Because he makes the, oh, he yeah. purposely makes the choice to let go. That's meant to be a middle finger at his father. So, oh, yeah. yeah. And then Loki goes away into the void, never to be seen again. No, Until what a never, waste, Marvel. <laughs> never again. So let me, let me. I'm, I'm going to come back to the tag. Um, so oh, wait, I wrote whole... a, I wrote a note about when Heimdall is watching Jane for Thor, and then he goes to his father, and I'm like, "You're a terrible dad." Odin. Yes. I want to, I want to jump to the plot points real quick. So this movie, at this point in time, if you walk out of the theater in this moment. The by the Bifrost has been broken and Thor can never leave. Loki is dead. He falls. Oh, that sucks. We go to the now the tag. If you stayed, because at this point in time, remember people weren't staying yet. Well, that's true. So if you stay, you get to see Eric walking around underground to meet this man, this Fury. We're gonna learn about the Foster theory. Actually, it's just reference the Foster theory. So, Eric, there she is. She is working for Shield. I don't um, think you're showing them. Yeah, okay. No, I'm not right, showing. Right. He's he's he says the Foster theory because um, he's talking about like you have all the stuff about the 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 Rosenberg Bridge. No, it's the Foster theory. Um, mm-hmm. We see a cube thing where my mind goes. It's the cosmic cube from the comic books. So, what is this cube thing? Where did it come from? And then, um, wait a minute. 
someone has got their hand up Eric's butt like a puppet. <laughs> you know, Eric, we see the, um, Loki in the mirror and he says the lines. Eric's looking confused, ladies and gentlemen, to the camera. Did you see the in, did you see the tag of this movie, Eric? Yes. Loki's there. Yeah, Loki's there. Eric no. Solveig. Loki says something and then Eric Solveig repeats it with a smile. No, I didn't see that at all. Oh my god. <laughs> what happened? Yeah, Nick Fury opens up the thing and there's the the cause. The, sorry, and we the have to wait for the next movie to find out it's the test racked. Yeah. Oh my god, Eric. Oh my god. I thought I, I caught the end scene. I guess there were two. No, there's only one. Oh well. It's at the literal very end. Um, so anyway, then it becomes the my plot point. What is this cube thing? And Loki at the end, like, what the fuck? I thought he died. So those are the plot points, which hopefully will actually get resolved. And I don't have to fill them in with my head. Spoilers, they get resolved. That's why I watched it. <laughs> Kill me. All right. <laughs> so, so that is that is Thor. Um the MCU movie. Next week, we are going to watch Captain America, the first Avenger, which can be found on Disney Plus. We'll also watch the Disney short Agent Carter, also on Disney Plus. Eric, Agent Carter comes after Captain America, the first Avenger. Uh, yeah, those are the two. I will um, give a quick little breakdown of Agent Carter season one and two. Uh, which would be really nice, sweet, and short um, right after that, because that takes place after Captain America. So there we go. Be happy 4th of July for everyone, as we talk about everyone's favorite star-spangled man. It's a great theme song that they're going to throw and then use again later. Shadowing. Foreshadowing. All right. (laughs) Let's do some um, recommendations real quick. So, um, Monsieur Evans, give us a quick recommendation. I want to recommend the the Lost King. It's a film that came out. Um, it's it's out now for digital, and it is uh, about the story about the one woman, Philippa Gregory, who uh, pursued and located the burial place of Richard the Third back in 2012, Ooh, and it documents nice. her basically trying to find his grave. It's a fictionalized version of the events. She actually like sees Richard. And talks to him and everything, but it's a nice story. It's interesting. I'm not a I'm a well healed Riccardi in these days, so I don't necessarily think Richard was innocent. But it's a fascinating story and a pretty good movie. Where's it at? You can get it digitally on iTunes. It's not. I don't know if it's out on any streaming services, but I bought it because I really wanted to see it. I watched the uh, documentary years ago. I think you can find that one if you look around for it. But they basically found Richard the Third's body buried under a, yeah, a Lester park car park. Yeah. Um, and it just so happened to be that's where what had been the Grey Friars um, Abbey beforehand. And so it had been paved over and they happened to locate it there through careful research. And he's been reburied in Leicester Cathedral since then. And it's a very interesting and the movie does a really interesting job of dramatizing it and a lot of her struggles and how basically they passed her over for a lot of recognition after the discovery, too, which was really shitty. Huh. Nice. Eric, you're up. I'm going to recommend because I noticed we uh we haven't done it yet, and I thought it was really good. I actually watched it uh, a few weeks back, maybe even a few months back at this point. But um, Top Gun Two, yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Like I'm not gonna lie, it's it, like now that we're like in the summer months and stuff, like I'm like I might watch it again because like I see little commercials for Paramount Plus and stuff, which is where you can find it. Um, 
And I remember how much fun I enjoyed watching it. I won't lie. Uh, it was just a fun movie. I don't think we've recommended it yet. So I wanted to make sure it was out there. As if like people didn't know about it. <laughs> um, I will I will second that. Um, it's actually a fun movie. And I did not necessarily care for Top Gun 1. But I watched I Top either. Gun 1 to watch Top Gun 2. Top Gun 2 way better than Top Gun 1. Come yes. at me, bros. Way, way better. I agree. I, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to... Th- I'm going to do um, a second recommendation, um, just a little honorable mention. Expedition Unknown. Mm. This season has been great, and you can watch it on Max or Discovery+. Plus. Um, I'm watching it on Max right now, um, but I, I enjoy it. Um, John and I have actually gone and um, seen Mr. Gates talk in person. I got to see um, him twice, actually. I saw him did. again in uh, North Charleston. Yeah. Um, this is this has been a fun season. The first two episodes um, are like a two-parter about pyramids. Um, but this last one was a, it was a fun one about uh, a sunken ship, and I just enjoy it. And it's one of those shows that I can just put on constantly watch. But my full recommendation for the week, um, I am watch currently watching Daredevil season one, and fuck, I forgot how good that show is. <laughs> that first season is so good. I love it. Everything, the casting is so perfect. I just got to Melvin Potter, and it makes me so happy. I want a Melvin Potter show. Um, but Kingpin is so good. Vanessa, yeah. his wife is really good in it. Um, his little bitch side, like tick, um, like Butler is great in it, even though you want to hate him, Wesley, but he's so like, so perfectly acted. Oh, so good. I cannot recommend it um, enough. I love it. Ben Urich's in it. Oh, Ben Urich's so good. Um, <laughs> oh, there's so many good things in it. I'm, this is one I, the way they did the Netflix show is how I want the MCU to always be like, oh, this little side character can pop up over here and be doing something over here and then can lead to something over there. Like Madam Gao, how should they use her in all the shows? Mm-hmm. Um, Eric, the episode I just got, spoiler if you haven't seen Daredevil, um, was the episode where Madam Gao is like sitting down and Wesley's translating and she's like, um, is she's like, oh, I can like, I can speak English. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, what? And she's like, oh, you you speak Chinese. And he's like, I do. It's like, you do. You don't fool me. And then does the other guy know you speak Japanese? He doesn't. Oh, well, he's dumb. (laughs) I love that scene. That's a fun scene. I just realized, by the way, while you're bringing up Daredevil, we never talked about the fact that Iron Man 2 technically had a hallway fight. Now, was it a, was it a hallway fight? Like in the Daredevil sense? No. Who are you talking about? The war machine? Uh, Natasha. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. It is very reminiscent. It is. It is a hallway fight uh, in a lot of ways. So that's where they stole it from Iron Man 2. I think so. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, kids. We ruined it for you. Yeah, we ruined it for you. <laughs> um, so yeah, those are those are our recommendations for the week. I think nice. all solid choices. Hey, out of curiosity, when it comes to like Letterboxd, is, are you going to be able to rank the seasons of these no. shows? No. So you're going to have to say the show as a whole, all seasons included. No, you can't even put those. Those don't even show up on Letterboxd. So I use another app for uh, TV stuff. Interesting. So. Come on, Letterboxd. Shows are practically movies now. They they You can do the MCU shows like Miss Marvel and stuff. You just can't do... For some reason, they consider those movies, and I don't understand why. It's very bizarre. Disney paid them. <laughs> Disney paid them a lot. All right. So speaking of Disney paying and causing fights, let's do our homework assignment for the week real fast. And... John gave me the top 10 list of fights I want to see in the MCU that have not happened. So here we go. Top 10 MCU fights that I personally want to see. 
That means every one of mine are correct and should be put in movies and no one else's. Eric. Number 10. I want to see Rocket Raccoon versus Winter <laughs> Soldier. <laughs> nice. Oh, I think it would be fun and it'd just be an amusing fight. Maybe it's, maybe it, there's the setup for it. Winter Soldier wants his arm back. <laughs> That's the setup yeah. for the fight. Um, number nine, and, and I did think, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I did think about doing Madison versus 10 people. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I started going down that path. Like I have the photos to prove it. Okay, anyway. Uh, number nine, Okoye versus oh, the Black one. Widow. Ooh, that would be good. I think would be good. I'll, either Black Widow, but um, I think this one would be a fun one to to go after. Uh, next up, number eight, I would see hmm. Ant Man versus Drax. Interesting. I think I'm tell just, you right now, I think Ant Man would wipe the floor with him. I think you would too. I think it would. And this one, I think Drax all, would never see it coming. This one is all about Mantis has hired Ant Man to steal the Zarbo nuts oh, from Drax. That's <laughs> how that how that happens. Oh. Um, Okoye versus um, Black Widow. Black Widow just did something horrible to people of Wakanda at some point, and Okoye yeah. wants revenge. Are we uh, are we having to create reasons? No, nope, I'm just ones? doing no. it. It's I was like, oh no, <laughs> no, I'm just doing it because it's amusing with you. Yeah, no, <laughs> number seven, She-Hulk versus Sif, oh, okay. and this is because Sif comes back to Earth in Agents of Shield. And Jennifer um, Walters has got to like bring her in for a court case. And Sif's like, uh-uh, man's oh, yeah. law does not apply to me. That would be a fun fight, though. I have Asgardian immunity. Yeah. Oh, that's exactly what would happen, too. Um, <laughs> you know, Valkyrie would have would... to get involved in the middle of this, too. Oh, yeah. She-Hulk would totally win law. this. That's the international would... law. The Hague. It would. <laughs> uh, She-Hulk t- uh, totally would win. And this. Um, number six, Thor versus Captain Marvel. Yeah, I think that could be a, an interesting. I one. I have a and similar one in my list that involved Captain Marvel being somebody I think I'd love to see too. This one, um, it's totally. This is all related to the scrolls because she dicked over the scrolls, and Thor's. Hmm. You know, something's going on with that to cause the fight. Right. Um, Eric, is who is scroll? what's your number five? Number five for me, Madison with two N's and a Y, but not where you think it is. <laughs> Versus. Versus Korg. Because ah, ah. I thought like we have two great kind of sidekick characters who came out of left field and the, their personalities and kind of traits and how they, they enlivened mm-hmm. uh, or brought up the, the universe around them a little bit at the same time. Madison, we don't know her powers, so I'm not. I don't know who's going to win this one. Korg obviously feels like a, a you know, you know, Ben Grimm sort of level, you know, uh, mm-hmm. likelihood here. But we don't know about Madison, so I just thought it would be a fun one to see. Kind of the this this is like a um, celebrity death match, you know. Mm-hmm. I'll allow it sort of fight, yeah. <laughs> and 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 like this, I almost did it. It all, it literally came so close to being my number one, and then I came up with a much better idea. I was going to do Madison versus Howard the Duck okay. <laughs> because they're both alcoholics, yeah. <laughs> and that's how the fight was going to start. Okay, sorry, John, you're number five. Uh, my number five is Bucky versus Kate Bishop Hawkeye. Ooh, ooh, I want to okay. see this one mainly because I think it would be funny how Bucky would be like, "You're just a kid." 
and it would be like her just sort of running circles around him for a bit. And he would get super annoyed. Yeah, but I think, that, yes, I do. I think it would be a fun fight to watch. I think he would I win. Just, oh, yeah. But it would be like a friendly fight that'd be like, look, you got to knock this off. I feel though Hollywood would turn it into a relationship after that, that she would get like a huge crush on him. I think she'd get a crush on him and he'd be like, look, I think of you like a little sister. Yes, that's exactly what would happen, probably. All right. My number five, hmm. Miss Marvel versus Mantis. Oh, wow. Ooh, okay. And this happens, this, this is like a scene we didn't see from the Christmas special. Uh-huh. Mala was actually there and she's offended that she was stealing all these gnomes and stuff for Drax. <laughs> and Miss Marvel's got to just help out. Also, She's doing the right thing. Mantis wants the gauntlets back. Gauntlet. Gauntlet, to be specific. All right. Um, all right Eric, right. what's your number four? Number four for me. Out of nowhere, Iron Man versus Happy Hogan. And I do have a little parenthesis in there. Iron Happy Hogan. I don't know if it exists yet, but it should. Uh, I, only because he needs to have an iron suit. Otherwise, he's going to get fucking cream <laughs> from like the Happy moment it starts. Of Rhodey. That's what this <laughs> Let's is. be honest. Like, part of this came out of the fact that it took like the joke of like him taking down one guy was the same as Natasha clearing a building. Hey, Pepper <laughs> got one. Rhodey got one. What yeah, about Rhodey gets one? Happy. What about what, happy? So, Iron if, Happy Hogan, folks. What if it starts because Happy is just playing a joke on, like, puts whipped cream inside the suit or something? <laughs> <laughs> or convinces Jarvis to like play some kind of like awful music whenever he's flying to the, to the air. What if what if Tony gives Happy a suit, thinking like, "Oh, you're you're my right hand. I need you to have the right protection." And Happy gets like an ego trip and fucking Ooh. turns evil. It's a good what if issue. Like evil Hogan, not Happy Ooh. Hogan, angry Hogan. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. Um, John, what's your number four? Beat this uh, one. My number four is Talos versus Namor. Hmm. I just want to see this one. I just think it'd be funny. I'll take anything with Mortalis. He's one of my favorite yeah. characters. Mostly because I just like the actor. There's I'm gonna tell you, Talos almost made an appearance in a lot of mine, too. Yeah, he's he's so good. He's been on my mind because I've watched Secret Invasion and all that, I know, but I was just thinking about hmm, Talos versus what? Talos yeah. versus Heads up, he's getting his own Marvel Legends figure. Nice. Yeah. My number four. Is Scarlet Witch mm. versus Hella? Mm. This is this is the fight I would love to see, and I will watch it in the privacy of my own room. Jesus, I love both <laughs> these characters so much. Oh, Jesus I love, love Hella, so great. <laughs> I had to punctuate that one just right. I know. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> oh, Hella's so, oh god. All right. Yeah, um, right. Thing. Oh, by the, by the way, this fight is happening because with Scarlet the helmet. Would, well, of course, with the helmet. Uh, <laughs> this fight's happening because Hella is pissed off that Scarlet Witch is using the book, the Dark Hold, to destroy Hell, and she's coming to stop her. Oh, nice. All right. Eric, number three. Number three for me: Black Widow versus Scarlet Scarab. Ooh. Uh, we haven't seen enough of Scarlet Scarab, in my opinion, know, but I she was badass when she fucking like launched out and like took down people. So like. I'm kind of curious to see more of her. I don't know her full extent and powers and stuff. I want to see more, too. So, spoilers, they're giving her her own comic book. She'll be the first originally created MCU character to get a comic book. All right. I think it's a miniseries, but they're bringing her in. But she seems cool. I mean, obviously, Black Widow has a ton of, you know, experience behind her. 
Uh, but I'm I'm curious to know the Scarlet Scarab and what she what she could do, and if how much magical realism I don't know if you want to call it that is part of her world or versus just um you know being kind of human herself. Oh man, I forgot I all about Moon Knight. I like I I don't, don't know how we I, all? I loved I loved it, but <laughs> okay. So because of that, so because much. I didn't because I didn't think about it, I'm just gonna throw this out there. My number eleven, my official number eleven is going to be. Moon Knight versus Winter Soldier. Which Moon Knight? That's the beauty of it. Because which Winter Soldier mm. are you also getting? Ooh, look at you. Nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, John, it's your number three. Uh, mine is Sam Wilson, Captain America versus Red Guardian. I want to dis- <laughs> oh, I want to disappoint Red Guardian by not letting him fight Steve. Oh, it'd be amazing. Because <laughs> he'll That's be great. so mad. <laughs> He's good. You know what's going to happen. If it's so, there's oh, yeah, rumors. I figured this is going to go down. I figured this is going to actually happen too. I think it's going to happen in the Brave New World because there's rumors that a couple of the um, Thunderbolts are going to make an appearance in Brave good. New World. So you actually might get that pretty soon. Nice. <laughs> My number three is Doctor Strange versus Ooh. Sylvie, mm, and like this that. this is because he realizes that she's messing around with the multiverse and because of what's happened, he's going to have to protect the multiverse. And so he's going after her. Nice. Stop. I like her. it. I, I think everyone will like this one. And then I'll be like, where's their child? We'll be like, you don't have one yet. Give us the book. Marvel. Give us, give the it book. time. Eric, you're number two. I went for a, um, a true celebrity death match level, heavy, oh, wow. heavy hitters together. Um, I want to see Thanos versus Kang. Right, we're being told that Kang's this big bad, you know, level of 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 things, but we were hyped with Thanos so much. So I'm curious, how do they how do they fare against each other? I mean, arguably, based on what we know of Kang already, he has probably defeated Thanos in a timeline. Yes, he probably has. There's but, no way this is not a what if later on, right? Oh yeah, this should be a what if. So I, that that's that's just my you know I'll allow it sort of celebrity death match. No, I, I actually can't. I'm, it, I'm not gonna lie. I almost did one that was very similar to this. I almost did Loki versus Kang, hmm. but then I was like, "Oh wait a minute, we're gonna see that." Yeah, we're gonna see that. <laughs> it's, it, but we haven't seen it yet. It could yeah. have been on the list. It could have been on, but I didn't do it. Um, John, your number two is take part of your number six and your and number four. I'm sorry, they, they, never mind. They were supposed to be number two, but I think I moved <laughs> them around. They're supposed to be number one, but I I sorry, I changed it. I must have. Sorry, um, Ant Man versus She Hulk. Oh, is it because he won't list. listen to her for legal advice? No, I just think it'd be funny to watch the comedy. The comedy. Oh, who do you think would I'm win here for the comedy? I think She-Hulk actually gets him. I think she would too. <laughs> I think she does. I'd say this is She-Hulk versus Ant-Man, based on how I'm seeing it. Cool. Yeah. My number two is the Destroyer Ooh. versus Thanos. Now, this is very specifically non-Gauntlet Thanos because Gauntlet Thanos would totally take out the Destroyer. So that's how. um, All right. Um, Eric, it's time for number one. I got crazy with it, and I went real multiversal here. Are you ready to rumble? All right. Let's just get to it. (laughs) I said Howard Stark versus Howard Stark. (laughs) Well, Howard Stark's going to win. So I want to see the uh, Agent Carter Howard Stark versus uh, the MCU Howard Stark, the the main MCU Howard Stark, as I would call him. Um, uh, John Slattery? 
Slattery. Yeah, I give it to Slattery because I feel like he's a scrappy guy, and he... I, I don't know. No, yeah, the agent Carter, the agent Carter, I think has my my vote. I'm I'm all for the young um, Howard. I want him to come back so bad. I yeah, really he was want... great. He was fun. I really want to see him some more. Um, Eric, just so you know, there is a, he did a little mini series. I think it's three um, episodes where he plays Ian Fleming. Okay, which it's, one? It's the the young Howard young, start. Young okay. Howard, yeah, it's it's really good. I don't remember. Where he, I'll try to find it. It's any of the, they do not look alike either at all, by the way. <laughs> not at all. This is I don't understand the casting here, but it's fun. <laughs> it's amazing. Casting. He was great for the show. So that I understand that casting. Well, he's and he's great for um, Captain America one. Hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. right. He is the Captain America one. Right? If that's where he gets introduced. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. This is all this is all multiversal. I think that's how it's going down. We just don't realize it. We just don't realize it. Yet. All right, John, you're our number one is. <laughs> This is where I think I flipped it. I forgot to make this correct, so I will have to correct this. This is wrong. It's supposed to be Scarlet Witch versus Captain Marvel. I somehow mixed up my mm, all right. but No, it's okay. That's but this is what I would say is Ant-Man versus She-Hulk. <laughs> no, no. It, it, it is meant to be Captain Marvel versus Scarlet Witch, which is a fight I really want to see. Mm-hmm. Captain Marvel, Scarlet Witch. Yeah. I, I can, I can right, dig yeah, that. That would be good. That would be a power fight. <laughs> I don't have the Scarlet Witch one that I could pull. But there we go. Okay. We've we've partially. Although that, that would be a good fight too, though. Yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> My number one is. Whoops! Helps if I actually have the my cursor on the right thing. My number one is Madison <laughs> versus Loki. <laughs> Specifically, President Loki. Uh, or no, it doesn't I, matter. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. I mean, right. someone from the from when he's this smarmy from the show, <laughs> but uh, I just I just thought it would be amusing, like uh, an evil version of Loki, at least. It didn't have to be evil; just a version of Loki. I was <laughs> the original picture I was going to use. It was one of those web images. Was um one of his posters from the show that was similar to this one. No, oh, okay, uh, was what I was going to use. But no, I think uh, I think Loki versus Madison would be hilarious. Uh, <laughs> And I'm I am all for it. I really hope we get more Madison. That's really I think what really comes out of this top ten for me is that we need more Madison. I, there's so many rumors that says that like Wong is going to get his own show that's basically be like Strange Academy where he's teaching young people like American Chavez and that, and that Madison will be a regular on it since they'll be dating. Do it. I nice. Would, I am Madison Wongers. Oh my god, it's the <laughs> best show. I mean, halfway they could have like a breakup. Oh my god! Oh, Could you imagine? That is like a true meat cute. You know that, right? That is oh like a true god. definition of a meat cute. Oh my god! It's so amazing. I love Madison. Put her in everything from here on out. I want her in every MC thing. All right. So someone owes me some homework. So I think it's Eric's turn. So Eric, oh, what is it? Oh my god! I don't know. Um, better so, hurry. Uh, top ten Marvel. <laughs> uh, what what do we have? Uh, Marvel villains that we haven't seen yet. Marvel villains we haven't seen yet. In the MCU. Okay. That seems fairly similar to something else we've seen. Is it? D- Dion, didn't we have one that was like, or was it for Spider-Man? Yes. Oh, no, it was just Spider-Man villains. It wasn't. Yeah. Um, yeah so that, Marvel, right. Marvel villains yet to be introduced. Okay. All right. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. I got one of the back. I'm coming up. I didn't have, I don't, I don't lie. That was pure improv on my end. Sorry, guys. 
That's okay. Now we're gonna get right, like folks, you're gonna get some that one right out of his butt. You're gonna get some weird ones from John and I now just for that one. Like I'm we're gonna sure. find like the whoosh. you've already given me some. You're gonna get the kangaroo again. The MCU fights were hard. I won't lie. I had to think of who we haven't seen fight yet. Oh, that one wasn't that hard for me. I got one that's for a future. I don't know when I'm going to throw it in there, but I've got one that's just waiting on the back burner. All right. Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This has been another exciting, long episode of... Uh... Oh, wait a minute. No, we forgot one thing. I forgot one thing real fast. Oh, I can't believe I did this. Um, John, where did you put it on your list? Because I realized that I forgot to do that. Just I now. didn't list the specials. Uh, on mine, no, that's so... okay. That's all right. Let me... Uh, your, I just uh... put in... I'm pulling yours up now. Iron Man and Thor. And that Iron is Man perfectly 2, fine. Thor comes in at number eight. Nice. Behind uh, No Good Deed. And Iron Man 2 comes in directly behind it. Oh, okay. So you like um, Thor over mm. Iron Man 2? I and like it because stars. I feel like it's a little bit tighter. Okay. Tighter story. Oh. Oof. All right. I agree. I agree. It's tighter story than like a tighter Iron timeline. I feel like it's got the most solid yeah. go start, you know. No. Iron Man 2 suffers from a little bit of lag because of the fact that we're dealing with, you know, uh, a sequel that's trying to build out the world more. So that's going to it's going to drag it down a little bit. So. All right. All right. I that's like my it. only knock like on it. it. I like it. It's a tighter timeline than yeah. the than the length of the show's time. Got it. All right. Eric, yours. Let me pull back up, pull up yours real fast. And yeah, then we'll do yours. Um, I don't know if you did Thor. We're going to find out all together. Well, I don't think seconds. I did Thor. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, where is your Iron Man 2? All right. Iron Man 2 ends up at number 10. Right. Uh, and that's what with three and a half stars. All right. Um, it was it was definitely a, a tough storyline. It was not a, its own best standalone movie. It was part of something bigger, and that was clear while watching it. Yep. Uh, but otherwise, I liked it. It still is, you know, when I think of how I rank my movies, it's something I'd rather watch than a lot of other things. So mm-hmm. there you go. Right. Um, what about the consultant? I did rank my one shots. Yeah. yeah. So the consultant was shitty, in my opinion. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm not a big fan of just sitting at a booth and talking uh, in terms of uh, storyline. Yeah. So that got two stars. Um, and it just didn't have a big payoff to me either. Yeah. And landed at number 35 on my list. All right. John, would this have been lower than Doctor Strange on your list? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Eric, what about funny thing happened on the way to the forum? A funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Again, no notes, five stars. Ends up number eight on my list currently. Wow. And I can tell you right now that Thor would probably come in at number, I'm going to say 15. Just behind Spider-Man 2, but ahead of Planet Hulk. All right. All right. Mine... Boom, 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 boom. My list, my list, my list. Here it is. Uh, yes, this is the right list. Perfect. As far as the wrong list, um, Iron Man 2, I give it three and a half stars, and it's number 15 on my list, just behind X Men First Class and in front of X2. The Consultant, I give it a two and a half stars. It is number 25 on my list, just behind New Mutants. And in front of Spider-Man 3. Funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer. Um, I give that no notes. Well, three stars. And it is number nine on my list. Just behind Deadpool 2. Just in front of Days of Future Past. Pretty cool. Pretty similar for us. I like that. And Thor is four stars. I really like Thor a lot. Like I forgot how much I love this movie. Um, It is number 11 on my list. So just after Days Future Past and in front of Hulk versus Wolverine. 
and just so Eric can see it, this is the updated. So Thor's pretty high. If you don't take the, the shorts, Thor is my number two. Will it's it true. stay there for long? It's probably going to, I don't know. I'm not going to give hints of what's coming next, but I do really like the next movie a lot. I, this time, really done, ladies and gentlemen. I promise you. <laughs> um, but look forward to next week. We're down to one show. We're getting to that point where we can start doing one show Ooh. at a time, which is going to be amazing Jeff's Kiss. I don't know about you guys, audience. I know how these guys feel. I think we are all tired of doing multiple movies in one show. It's very difficult for all of us. Um, but it creates getting... long podcasts. <laughs> it does create long podcasts, but it also it's so hard. It's so many hours each it week. Is. The more we have to to do just to watch it. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting down to one. So um, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. You can find me on the Twitters at Vash underscore Maxwell. You can find me on other sites and things i have a list here uh you can find me on letterbox at vash maxwell hive at casey franklin linkedin i'm not going to tell you insta don't have one eric you can find on twitter at na uh, letterbox eckley e-k-l-y on hive at sign na linkedin his name <laughs> insta hot honey underscore comics go there for all of your raunchy raunchy <laughs> um shipping Jesus stuff Christ, what are you guys doing on this channel for me on my behalf <laughs> you are you have been you have been shipping winter soldier with like everyone it's amazing <laughs> well fair enough all right you guys can find us all of us not only by the email but not underscore funny underscore guys underscore presents at instagram where you can also find me personally at esoteric underscore by underscore design and you can find me at under esoteric underscore evans at letterbox Awesome. And again, our email is notfunnyguys.offthereels at gmail.com. Thank you, everyone. Yes, please write us, like, subscribe, share. I promise, everyone, it's about to, we're picking up speed. We're going down to one thing for a while. Check out the point fives. Point fives, maybe. If you want to check them out, you can check them out. (laughs) Check them out. All right, guys. um, Thank you so much again. I really appreciate everything. So um, have a good night. Later, guys.